With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another fantastic night of fandom access. I... I'm your ever faithful host, AJ. Greetings and salutations. And look, I have a co-host already. Hello. Hello. I'm looking at the the odd thing is is oh wait never mind I'm on a different phone number I was gonna say I have the switchboard open because of the audio and it's not showing my number I forgot I used a different cell phone so forget that. <laughs> I, yeah, never mind. <laughs> But anyway, that's okay. You know, uh, I see your number. I will, <laughs> yeah, I know. It's just not my not my regular phone number. Um, yeah. So as I posted on Twitter, so people know, um, I am going to post uh, a sneak peek, spoiler free, of my uh, Lucifer interview with Amy Garcia tonight. I have two little clips set up. I'll play the first one at 10:30, around 10:30, depending where we're at, somewhere around 10:30, if people wanna wanna listen for that, because I had said I was gonna tease something, so I'm gonna play that when we get a chance here, after a while, but we'll wait till 10:30. So, so how are you tonight? I am good, and look, Karen is here. Yay! Hi, you guys. How are you? Good evening, Karen. Happy uh, Tuesday to you guys. Happy Tuesday. Time for another exciting podcast, and we've got so much stuff to talk about tonight. Yes, we do. It's like old times. It's like 2019. It's like the before times. The before times. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. so uh, I heard you saying, Jamie, you're going to play clips from Lucifer at 10:30. So yeah, that are my Amy Garcia interview. Yes. Okay. I'll play the first clip so, at 10:30, and then we'll pick a time for the second clip. Okay. Cool. So should we uh, jump into some other stuff then? Sure. Go for it. Okay. Let's go for it. What do you want to? What do you want to do? Uh, Walking Dead, right? Start with Walking Dead. Uh, so, so, how did you enjoy this episode of Walking Dead? Okay, I have to I have to go back and think which one. I, you know, it's okay. funny because like I'm at everybody, other people are caught up because they freaking air AMC Plus a week ahead. It's so confusing. Um, well, we're we're only doing television. No, I what's aired on television. So this is the episode with the horses. Yes. This is this episode. There are two parts. There's the one with the horses, and the other half of it is the aftermath of the Reapers attack which occurred at the end of last week's episode, right? Which is with um, Um, Maggie and uh, Negan and um, Callie. Alden, mostly, yeah. Mostly with the three of them in it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are some other people. And Gabriel. I mean, we see quite a bit of Gabriel. Um, Everybody is is, uh, scattered to the 
everybody is right. everybody who's alive is scattered. Uh, so how right. did you? Um, uh, what you think? Um, there was a lot of good things. Up, so I just want to say for anybody who does care that um, my exclusive with um, oh, my my brain is fried. <laughs> I want to call her by with Angel Theory. I keep wanting to call her Dave Kelly, but the girl plays Angel or plays Kelly. No, I'll get it eventually. <laughs> Angel Theory and Nat, Nadia Hilker who plays um, Magna that that exclusive is up if people want to read it at scifivision.com. I closed that whole thing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, a, a lot went, went up that went on in this one. The one thing I'm thinking, like, standing out, having seen it, like, a while ago, um, the, the one thing I, I, I did, like, I know a lot of this, the part if we talk about with the scenes with Maggie first, one of the things that I remember that kind of stuck out to me was that, you know, she's still, as always, fighting with him and that, and um, Alden's trying to make her leave. You know, you have to leave him because he's slowing him down. And, and I think she knows that, too, and Negan says that, too. But I like that at one point, I forget exactly what he says, but she's, like, telling Negan how mad he is. And he's like, yeah, but whether you're mad at me or not, you still have to decide. I forget exactly what his comment is. But, she, like, just because she's pissed at him doesn't mean that she cannot make this. I mean, you know, not making a decision or not making a decision is still making a decision with something like that. Um, she has to decide whether to leave him or not. I, I kind of, I don't know, for whatever reason, like that scene. Um, and the other thing that stands out for me this episode is I really don't like the ate the horse. But I guess as uh, Maggie's kid says, it's better than spiders. So there you go. Hey, Adrian <laughs> and I watched the show where they ate people for like five years in the time jump. So <laughs> on the hundred. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, oh, I... I didn't know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's okay. Not that a whole lot spoiler. happened. What? what? I just gave a huge spoiler for that show for anyone who watched it. Uh, <laughs> um, it's been over for a while. I think they, it's their fault if they don't watch it. Um, I mean, I think this was an okay episode. I feel like not – I mean, not a whole, whole lot happened. I, I didn't think it really had Nothing anything happened. super important in this episode. But I don't know. What did you think? I thought it was not very good. Um I mean, it's not like a season eight level of horrible, but it's definitely like right. a Scott Gimple worthy episode. Uh, it, I thought it was not good. Uh, I really, based on what I'm seeing, I have no interest in watching a Daryl and Carol spinoff uh, because two of the formerly best characters are now really two of the worst characters. Like to me, this was Carol making soup all over again. Remember we had to watch the whole episode of Carol trying to make soup. Um, yeah, and like watching them try to catch these horses uh, was kind of dumb. Uh, it was another example of Carol, like the group has something they need to get done, and Carol decides she's going to do something else, which is like Carol's entire character since Henry died, right? Um, like she won't listen to anyone, but she won't explain to anyone what she's doing either. Why she has to concoct this lie that we need the horses to, um, you know, move equipment and whatever. Well, I think – I don't know that that was completely a lie. I mean, I think it, they needed it for both reasons. They need the horses because they need the horses. But, yes, they also needed food. So I don't think she thought of saying, let's catch a horse so we can kill it. But, I mean, I well, think – Well, why not, though? I mean, they, like, too. everyone is acting like they're literally starving to death. So no one should really object if there's a large animal that could feed a lot of people. 
Right. Here's my question. Were these their horses? That's the one thing that confused me. I thought these were their horses that ran away from before, but yes. I wasn't sure. And then I, yes. Okay, they were. That's what enabled us to have the completely stupid part where the horses voluntarily walked themselves into the corral, right? Because that's the only yeah, way. That was, must be – I didn't really understand what happened, but because these totally inept people cannot get near the horses. Which I don't know why. First of all, I don't know why the horses are so freaked out. They've only been on the loose for like a. It's really only like a couple weeks or months since that's they were still war, right? I was, that's why I wondered if I was wrong that they were their horses yes. because domesticated horses. I mean, no, they're not pets, but they should come to you for the most part. They shouldn't keep running right. away. So yeah, I agree. I don't know. I think that they could have done other things to find to eat. I don't know that they needed to eat the horse, but I, I get what you're saying. No, yes, it, they it, make it, it like they're starving, and they do. But they don't make it. As much no. as they keep saying they're starving, they don't act like they're starving. Let's put it that way. Well, That's I mean, why it so it was sort of incongruous. Earlier in the episode, someone says there's no more game. The large herds have scared all the game away, which maybe I believe and maybe they I don't agree, believe. I don't know. Sense. I don't yeah. know if I believe that or not, and that all of their fields are ruined and they can't grow anything or whatever. And uh, I'm a little confused. Did the walkers also scare all the fishes out of the sea? Because, okay, the real yeah. Alexandria, Virginia, has been a seaport since it was founded in, like, maybe the 1600s or something, right? And it sits on the water and has a waterfront. Um, yeah, and it's on the birds. Well, somebody does try to shoot a bird in this episode, but also Oceanside was a – fishing community on the chest. They have people who know how to fish. Like, like, so I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. No, you're right. Anyway, the, you're right. I feel like it was more a shock value, in my opinion. I feel like they did it more for a shock value, like they do a lot of shit on this show. Um, and that's kind of why I have the problem with it. I mean, I obviously don't like it because I don't like to kill the horse. I mean, let's be honest. I'm going to hate it no matter I mean, what. But they have it, it's neither here nor there. The episode was still boring, regardless. Well, I mean, what – yeah, I mean – it was boring, and it really bothers me that they have now created a situation where when Carol is on, I'm like, let me pick up the newspaper and read something. Like, Carol is one of the worst characters, and she's so boring, and she hasn't done anything of consequence. Uh, so there was – she's somehow Maybe at fault for, for – Well, she's somehow at fault for Connie going missing in the cave, but I can't really remember why. Well, yeah, um, she's definitely at fault. She set off that grenade or bomb or whatever. I don't remember what it was. The thing that whatever. she set off that, that set the cave-in off, that was how Connie got lost well, in there because she decided she was going to try to kill the walkers. But that, that's neither here nor there. She feels at fault with it, and yet she's – I don't know if she feels that she needs to keep hope up, and that's why she's kind of – going out with Kelly to look for Connie, if it's because she feels responsible, if maybe she just wants her to be feel hope. I don't, I don't know her reasoning per se. I don't quite get why she's so adamant about ignoring um, Magna. Well, but, it is ridiculous. It is ridiculous for the show to imply that Kelly and Carol are wrong for searching for Connie when they allow, when Daryl has been searching for Rick for literally like six years. Yeah, right. I know. <laughs> uh, so it's stupid, and and I just feel like the only thing Carol's done for like two years is be an outcast and be kind of like anything anybody else wants to do, she won't go along with it, and then she makes some other plan that she fails to adequately explain or in any way explain what she's doing, which people might be like, oh, Carol, that's a good idea. Like we are starving to death, and maybe we can eat one of those horses. I guess. Why can't we just have more? But instead, Carol instead, they're like Carol. Everyone's <laughs> helping to build the wall, except you. 
right? Like, that's really what happens in this episode. It's like, like, Aaron's mad at her because was... she won't help. Okay, and... that's right, there was. Right? Like, so it's... Carol's just yeah, the worst. And Daryl is terrible also because Daryl, like, as soon as Maggie shows up, Daryl abdicates any leadership quality that he's shown at all in the last couple, in the years since Maggie's been gone. And, like, Maggie's been gone. Why is she allowed to totally take over everything and, and nobody, yeah, I like... I don't know why so many, everybody puts so much faith in Maggie, especially what, after what happened last week. Um, you know, you would think that some of them would question it a little bit more, but they don't. Um, I mean, this is just all down to the writing. But um, I will say next week's a Daryl episode. I don't think you're going to be much more impressed. <laughs> I'll just say that. Well, uh, whatever. Um, I don't care about what happens next week. He's What we've seen so no, far, know, he's just, just he's not. like... Maggie, okay, so not everybody, like, Aaron's not following along. Aaron and Carol both refuse to go because they're like, no, Maggie, your plan is wrong. And, like, Daryl, like, Daryl also has, like, okay, I also really resent that, okay, there's another whole part of the episode that we'll talk about, but, like, the idea, like, how is that Megan is now the most interesting person on this entire show? (laughs) I know. That's really sad, isn't it? It's become true, but it's sad. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It just, I don't know. But like I said, it's not per se. I don't feel like this episode was bad. It was just uninteresting. It wasn't good. So, but no, you're I, right. But I mean, it wasn't like that it was like a horrible story. It just, it, nothing happened. And I agree. Like, Negan is actually somewhat making sense in these last couple episodes and seems to be the only one. Um, so yeah, well, I, I don't. So I don't have any. I, I, the, I, I also I also thought the opening scene, the Reaper attack. So I'm just so sick of why does every one of these shows have yeah, to have a group of like of like crazy alien crazy enemies who wear masks? Like what is with everybody wearing mm-hmm. masks on the show now all the time? Right? Maybe they just use the same extras know. for all the shows, and so I don't know. <laughs> um, but there's always but, the, the crazy leaders. But um, but I do but want to say I though, thought I, that I do. A- it was, though, I just want to say, going back to saying Negan is the only one that makes sense, I did appreciate that he, like, it, it, it didn't bother me. I mean, like, I didn't mind the fact that he, like, grabbed her Maggie and pulled her away. Like, he saved her. I mean, she was being an idiot. And he's just like, no, you can't save well, her. Like, she's being eaten. I mean, get away. <laughs> but it's like, I he's thought, the only one that has a brain. I thought the That's opening I scene, <laughs> I thought the opening scene with the Reaper attack I thought that was poorly choreographed, poorly directed, poorly shot, and mostly poorly maybe acted also. Like, that was just really hard to follow, didn't make a lot of sense. And why is it the middle of the night, but every time they show Maggie, like, her face is lit, bright, brightly lit with a glow almost, right? Maybe like, what the hell was that? Yeah, maybe it isn't. <laughs> That's a better reason <laughs> than anything the, the director could have come up with. Right now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I thought that was bad. I I think the Reapers are a ridiculous enemy force because, like, okay, I know, I, I know, I know what's going to happen. I mean, we don't know. We're going to find out maybe next week. But I'm sure, and I think it's been spoiled, that they're all, like, former special forces. Uh, army I think they, they insinuated that with that other guy. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. And so they're highly so. trained. Um they are basically invisible and make no sound until they disappear out of nowhere, right? And like yeah. I don't understand that makes them scared. Makes I don't understand writing. why they're all waiting inside the mall. Like how did they know Maggie was gonna break into the mall? Like they were trying to either kill or capture everyone. So Maggie goes into the mall 
and somehow Reapers are everywhere hiding inside the mall. Like, how did they get up to the third floor before Maggie did, right? How did they even know she was going to go in there? And, like, everywhere anyone goes, there's a Reaper there already. Um, And, like, our people who – well, I also don't understand. Okay, so you're talking about when that woman – when Maggie – so in this episode, Maggie goes around and meets up with all of her – people that she brought with her and one by one they basically all get killed right so pretty much everybody mm-hmm. maggie brought with her is dead now um except for and this a couple is why they should fall maggie but yes <laughs> um but and yeah, so she goes around and she meets up with a woman whose name i can't remember the woman who who gets bitten and gets eaten right um how looking at this i think her name's agatha but go ahead yes agatha this is another example of like the zombies being people not knowing slow. how to fight well, no, yes, people who have survived 10 years in the zombie apocalypse suddenly don't know how to fight. And and how is it that zombies completely sneak up on them and surround them without them? Like, on this show now, the zombies are slow when the writers need them to be slow. They're fast when the writers need them to be fast. They're quiet when the writers need them to be quiet. I don't know if they're trying to make it scary they're in loud. different ways or what they're doing, but it's sloppy writing. Um, yes. Yeah, I, I don't know. How do they get surrounded by, like, eight zombies and get overrun by, like, eight zombies? This happened in Fear the Walking Dead last year, right? When that guy Cole and, and you know, all all I can say is I think so far the other parts and, and it wasn't in this episode, but the other part with the um and I'm blanking, can't not thinking of their name, but the the group with with Eugene and all that that are at the Commonwealth. That's what I can think of the name. Yes, I feel like that story is much more interesting. I, I would rather well, see that, and that's not supposed to be. I, I mean, I feel like that's kind of the B storyline, but it's more interesting. I don't need any more well, crazy leaders. No, but I'm saying I think I feel like it's supposed to be the B. I don't know why, but I get the no. feeling like well, you're it's supposed, supposed to be to the A Maggie because Maggie and Negan stuff. But it's I the don't, A because so. it's it's the A because the Commonwealth represents the denouement of this entire show. Right, and the, the Commonwealth is a major, major part of the ending of the comic book, and will be a major. The Commonwealth is where the show is going. The Reapers, are, Probably, I think, are, I are a distraction. I, I consider the Reapers. Things. The Reapers, I consider them filler because they decided to do a 24 episode season and had to put something in. Like, right? We don't want to eat, see 24 episodes of the Commonwealth or whatever. So anyway. Um, but you're right. I think I think uh, whether it's the A or or is currently the B because it's still brewing while the Reapers are taking center stage. Yes, Eugene and Princess and and Ezekiel are are the most interesting part. And then Yumiko, I don't really care about that much, but she she's taking the Michonne storyline from the comic book, so that's interesting to me too. Um, you're right. That's a more interesting part. And then Maggie. And Negan are kind of interesting, but I think really because of Jeffrey Dean Morgan's superior acting ability. Because Maggie, yeah. honestly, I kind of wish Maggie that. would get killed. Maggie's a gigantic bitch who nobody should listen to. <laughs> right? This season, like, uh, this season, yeah. I mean, I used to like her, but it's like since they brought her back, she's just like all – I mean, I get that she's hardened. She's supposed to be, but she's not – there's a difference between being hardened and being unlikable. And they're making her very unlikable. Yes, yes, I mean, you're very unlikable. Um, and, and like, and, and it's very bad when you're enjoying Negan more than her. That's bad. Yes. I mean, that just proves that's bad. Um, well, they, I mean, they have made honest, Negan. Half these episodes, Dog is the best character. So I don't know yeah. what that's. 
I mean, they have made Negan a very much much more nuanced character than he used yeah, to be. Yeah, they've made him much better this season. Um, I kind of, like, while I understand that, like, Maggie left Hilltop because she couldn't tolerate being around while Negan was alive, even though Maggie ultimately is the one who gets to decide if Negan lives. Like, Rick lets her kind of, like, remember when Maggie was going to kill Negan, and then she's like, no, no, I'm going to let you live in that jail cell and live with yourself because that'd be a worse punishment. And see, I thought remember, decided that. That's how much I remember. I, I don't remember that far back. Well, I was reminded by so um, Eric Kane is this guy. He writes is one of the recappers of the show. He recaps for Forbes, and and on his Facebook page, a commenter reminded me, reminded everyone, that it was Maggie who negotiated the deal to go attack Negan's people while they were sleeping, unprovoked. Like, while Rick and Maggie led that together, Gregory was like, listen, if you kill the saviors, we'll let you live here. And Maggie was like, okay, we're totally down for that. Uh, and, and like, Maggie, because Maggie was the one who was, remember when Maggie was, like, living at the hilltop and was sort of, like, having this, like, power struggle with Gregory? And it, yeah, and it was baby. Maggie. Maggie was part of the decision and, and really led the decision to be like, yes, let's go slaughter these savior people in their sleep, and then everything will be great, and we can live at the hilltop. And that hmm. sparks, yeah. and that sparks all. all these problems with Negan, right? And that's really what yeah. sparked Negan in the end. To, um, so, uh, like Maggie, uh, and we never really saw Maggie deal with that emotionally, right? Like we never saw Maggie take it. Rick and Daryl both shouldered a lot of like self-recrimination guilt over that. Maggie mm-hmm. had a lot of grief over losing her husband, but I know I also kind of wish yeah. somebody like like Aaron or Daryl or Carol would be like Maggie. You've been gone for like six years, and like a lot of water's been under the bridge with Negan, and like he's a function. Okay, he's still a pariah. He's still like an outsider, and will never be a popular guy in town. But like everyone like accepts his existence as part of Alexandria <laughs> now. And he did them a great favor by killing, like, like Alpha, killing right? Out. And, like, and like yeah, like, he participated in a lot of bad shit, but it's, like, a cop undercover who has to, like, do drugs before he can, like, bust you, right? I just wish someone yeah. – I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I wish someone would stand up for Negan just a little bit. <laughs> well, right? the thing is, is I keep feeling like they obviously put Maggie and Negan together for the tension of what happened. Yeah. But it, it – it's like there's no like I would like to see some kind of conversation, not just like her disagreeing with everything he says because she needs to disagree with everything he says. Yeah, like that's not interesting. They're not even fighting. I mean, I'm okay if they're fighting, but like at least make it make yeah. sense. I don't know. Yeah. So um, you're right that ne- Negan saves her like I mean he saves her life I think twice in this episode, um, and. You know, he 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 grudgingly, while he's like, yes, we have to go. Like he, you're right. He does say, all right, Maggie, you decide what to do. And she's like, Negan, you're a jerk. Blah 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 blah. blah. And he's like, okay, he's like, fine. But you still got to decide. You still got to decide. And ultimately, Alden is like, okay. Uh, yeah, Alden kind of makes the decision for. Her a I think bit. Alden is not dead. I think Alden deserves a real death. If he's going to die, I think he deserves a, like Alden, you know, oh, a former I savior. I think either, um, either the savior, whatever they're called, the reapers are going to find him and like bring him back to their place or whatever. They, 
they oh. killed some people, but I think they, you know that guy who is Maggie's sidekick who fights in a mask because everyone on the show wears a mask now? That guy who, who. The younger one? When Maggie, or... yeah, when Maggie busted into the, the guy who fights with two knives who has a mask. It looked like he yeah. got kidnapped, mm-hmm. not killed. I think they kidnapped him. And since I thought maybe Daryl got kidnapped because we didn't see him, but then the promo for next week, it looks like Daryl is like maybe trying to rescue them. I'm not really sure. Um, um, but I think I, some I think people got your first comment. Uh, yeah, I think some people got captured. Kind of and Daryl might be captured, and this Maggie's sidekick guy is maybe captured, and some other people. Like basically anybody who's like a, a speaking character was captured, and everybody who was like Maggie's extra people all got murdered. Um, yeah, except for Gabriel, who we haven't talked about. So Gabriel um, was off on his own. So what do you think of Gabriel? Gabriel was kind of interesting. He's another char- good, one of the few turned out to be a good and nuanced character, right? Yeah, this is the guy. This is where I forget what did the guy ask him to do. He he wanted him. He, he thought he would let him go to pray him. with him. He finds an injured. He finds an injured reaper, and he's wearing like I don't know why he still wears his priest collar, because he like. It's never clear to me yeah. from week to week has Gabriel lost his faith or found his faith. Um, yeah, we're not. But the guy was like dying, and he's like, "Will you pray with me?" And he's like, "Nope." He uh, <laughs> was like, "Nope." And, yeah. and he's like, "But yeah, you're a man of God." And Gabriel goes, "God isn't here anymore," and kills him. Uh, but Gabriel himself had been praying earlier in the episode, right? Yeah. Because Gabriel's injured, and he was praying, and then he refuses to pray and kills this guy. So it's. Like, I feel like Gabriel's faith maybe has become uh, very restricted to, like, God should help Gabriel and the people he cares about, but then God doesn't, like, exist or, right? Like, Gabriel, I I don't know. I'd like to maybe see more of Gabriel at, and, at, like, some deeper, because he killed the guy in the anthology spinoff, that, the anthology episodes that we watched, like, six months ago, he Remember when they yeah. that whole episode of him and Aaron getting Robert drunk and Patrick's he killed that guy? Episode, do you mean? You mean yeah, Robert yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Um, I would like to see. He killed Robert Patrick. Yeah, I agree. Maybe see more of, of Gabriel and what his ideology is now. I mean, he killed that guy and it was funny and yeah, the guy deserved to die. But um, yeah, but he also I, killed I the guy who was trapped really upstairs, sure right? Trapped. I'm sorry. He also killed the guy. He also killed the brother who was locked upstairs in that Dude, episode. Yeah, that's right. He did. I, I meant the I meant the guy in this episode. But yeah, you're right. He did. He killed both of yeah. them. Yeah. Um. He's definitely changed, and he's also definitely not that um cowering uh, priest anymore. Wasn't oh, there? Yeah. I don't remember. I don't know. There's something I'm thinking of, but I'm not sure if it's in this episode or the next episode. So I'll have to to find out, and then I'll ask you later because I don't want to. Because I know right. you don't want to be spoiled, and I'm not sure. You know, other people don't. Anybody else does? Yeah. But, yeah. um, but yeah, um, so yeah, not a whole lot. I mean, not a whole lot really happened in this episode. Um, no, I, I mean, I think my favorite, week. I don't know that I love next week, but yeah. And I mean, I, I know think, we're not, not getting into that yet, but yeah, I think my favorite scene was of the four kids. So we finally, so RJ almost never speaks and he's like eight years mm-hmm. old now. Right. So we finally see, um, Judith, RJ, Gracie, and, Herschel together talking and playing games or whatever. And and they're kind of talking about how terrible their parents are, right? They're kind of like, <laughs> oh, you know, they said they'll be back. And they're like, oh, grownups always say that so you won't be scared. Like Herschel says, grownups always say that so you won't be scared. And, you know, then, 
you know, just kind uh, of they listen to kind of the world they live in, though, like the things that they're complaining yeah, about. But, is, yeah, but Judith know, says, like, our mom always comes back, but, like, Michelle's been gone now probably for years, maybe, and, like, abandoned her kids, right? Like, it's ridiculous. supposed to be it was a, I can't keep track of the I mean, stupid. It was on. only because Denai Garcia quit the show. I Denai, no. Denai Guerrero quit yeah, the show. Yeah, but yeah. Right? Well, if that movie well, ever happens, we'll see if that really happens. There's still no script. Um, yeah, but, but they want to suck money out of it, though. They probably will. Yeah, but the show is tank. Like these shows are tanking in the ratings. Like, uh, they're, uh, uh, like a. Uh, you think that know. matters? Anyway, to I'm just saying. Uh, it might. It might matter to the actors if they want to be. Anyway, there's no oh, script. Yeah, I'll believe it when it happens. It. My point is that. It was totally not believable to me that Michonne would abandon those children to go after Rick, except that she was quitting the yeah. show, right? Um, no, yeah. But, but, but she's a horrible mother. She abandoned those kids to, like, search for a man who might be dead, right? And Maggie leaves Herschel really at risk, I think, of, uh, okay, they're starving to death and, and there's, like, a lot of dangerous people around. She leaves to go lead this mission that other – like, I just feel like all the parents – so Aaron is home with Gracie, but I just feel I just felt like that scene was really underscoring. I guess some people could read it as like, "Gee, parents make sacrifices," but I just read it like these kids are so in tune to their parents' flaws, which are major. That's true. I um I, I also like I said I think part of it is just kind of showing them too like that they're in a, a different world than kids usually are, you know. But yeah, I agree with what you're saying. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I agree, know. but, but, but a character, well, like we've seen a character like Carol, who was like really a very good mother to a series of children who all died. Right. Um, yeah. well, and she I, was a good mother until she killed the one, but yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, but that child was like, like dangerous. I'm not and, saying that yeah. child didn't deserve to die. I'm just saying. Yeah. Yeah. Tell her to look at the flowers um, and shoot her. So regardless. Uh, um, I just like I don't see Carol like maybe leaving her kid like that, right? To go on walkabout for two years to find like 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 yeah. I I, yeah. I just felt that episode was like the kids are very in tune to like 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 how God, how much they're on their own at the age of like seven because their parents are just so preoccupied with with other things besides like protecting their children. Like, yes. Although, uh, to be fair, Maggie really couldn't bring Herschel with her per se safely. But I feel like there should be like, no. and maybe they're just not showing it, but there should be like a den mother or whatever you want to say. Like, there should be somebody watching these kids. And it seems like because the parents have to leave them, that they just leave them and there's nobody there. You know, I mean, I'm assuming well, somebody's watching them, but they don't ever show that. You know? Yeah, I also so. feel like, why did Maggie have to go? Like, did Maggie have to go on the run to the armory when they were getting the weapons, or could she stay home? Does Maggie have, like, a lot of people thought this was a stupid idea to even go to this cache of food, and she's somehow, I'm the only person who can find it, and yet she can't find it without Negan. Like, it's just a cockamamie thing that is designed to just, like, this is why you and I hate kids on shows, because the kids are like an afterthought <laughs> that they just decide stupid stuff to, like, keep Herschel busy because Maggie's storyline is not really going to ever involve being a mother. Right? Yep. Yeah, no, you're totally right. You're totally right. Okay. So I just, I kind of really liked it that they actually had the kids show up and be like, yeah, our parents kind of, you know, whatever. <laughs> no, no, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. 
but I mean, that's, that's their life. They do not have a normal childhood, but there should, yeah. I hope, be somebody there watching them that they're just not showing yeah. us, we hope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, so, yeah. All yeah. right. Well, anyway, yeah, it's not the worst episode. It's not a season seven level of crap, but not the best, yeah. But fairly boring, yeah. All right. Yep. Okay. All right. Well, that's it for we'll Walking up. Dead. And Beyond the Walking Dead is starting, actually, I think Fear the Walking Dead is starting soon, too. But Beyond the Walking Dead. Well, Beyond comes first, I think. I think Beyond yeah, comes first, have, and then Fear. I should have the dates with me. I apologize, I don't, but I know it's coming soon. Um, I don't either. Yeah, and hopefully it will be. I lo- I, actually, I saw an ad that was like, an ad that was like, uh, the World Beyond final season premieres like September, or whatever. Final season. And I was There's like, only two seasons. I'm not sure though. Yeah, they're pushing it. Final season. <laughs> final season. Yeah. Should be like episodes Dude, nine to eleven. Two out of two is not. I guess it's the final mm-hmm. season, but yeah. Mm. So that's coming soon. Maybe it'll be a little yep. more interesting. We'll see. All yeah. right. Okay. Well, I guess before we move on to yep. uh, to this, I will play my audio clip, and I'm gonna take my phone off a of speaker while I play it because otherwise it's probably going to like um, give or whatever echo. Yeah. yeah, because it's coming to my laptop. So let me, hold on, let me take the speaker off a second. All right, now I'll talk okay. the microphone. Okay, so this is for the list for interview for the final season. Um, and I decided for the first clip to play um, Amy talking about singing and dancing in the musical episode last season. I cut off me because I don't know the question was kind of screwed up but that's what it was about so she's talking about the musical episode and it's like a minute so here we go amy garcia oh yeah i mean i started out as a dancer so that was actually really fun for me to go back and rehearse and work with professional dancers and train kevin alejandro and i both were in the same rehearsal and we were like kids in a candy store we were so excited to learn the routine and practice it and have these backup dancers that make you look like way cooler than you are and it was just so fun um the singing i was a little nervous about but um but yeah it was it was it was so fun and and exhilarating especially the the football scene um because we i think we're racing against the sun going down and it was like 200 extras and dancers and fancy cameras and it was like a broadway we had to do like a broadway number before the sun went down and it was just such a high when everyone just showed up and did it and and we were like oh my god high-fiving and it was um it was great but yeah i mean anytime i get to sing and dance i'm like sign me up there we go and that was uh, the first clip let me i'm gonna sorry i'm trying to i'm gonna have to re load the the stupid switchboard because it didn't upload my second audio file but um well does it did but i don't know if it did it says it was 47 seconds so i have no idea how long this is right. okay we'll play the next one at like 11 it's like in a half okay hour. we'll play the i'll play the second uh the second part clip i'm gonna okay. look at this one I'm talking to you okay so um what uh what uh, let's do talk about we real estate to do next the real estate. No, okay, no. Well, let's just, yeah, let's talk about surreal estate because it's the better thing that we have to talk about. Um, so All this right. was an episode yeah. where um, they. This is an episode where Luke is struggling with maybe you know they should go legit. I uh, and I gotta say I find the storyline 
where the news is reporting that they were the real estate agent for two houses where like murders happen to be ridiculous because I think if you look like I live in a city of like 600,000 people and I think if you looked at like all the houses where anyone was ever killed probably more than one of them were sold by the same real estate company right uh, it's yeah, kind I'm of not a, sure why they would blame them for the murder. I, I agree yeah. with that. But um, but anyway, said, I think the case said, is kind. The case of the week is kind of interesting. Well, they, this is where they take on a house. Different. Yeah, but they take on a house that they like. He's struggling with. Should we just go straight and just do normal real estate? And he takes on a house that he thinks is going to be like kind of a normal real estate house, and then of course it's possessed. Uh, yeah. uh, oh. Right? I forget exactly what's causing it, but it has some sort of long-standing demonic situation going on there. Um, I think the um, demon didn't want the owners to leave, so it, it it kept them young, but it gave – I don't know why it needed to make them young to give them what they wanted, but I think the main gist of it was it gave them whatever they wanted to keep them there um, so they stayed happy. That was – Yeah. Gives I mean, that's a good wit. point. But why they have it to was, be young, I don't, I'm not sure about that part. But. Well, they're all 16, right? It makes them all 16. I think yeah. if they're older, I they think, wouldn't want to stay. Well, I think the original first person that was trapped was 16. Yeah, I think that fun. woman, the old lady, had been trapped in there since she was 16. Um, yeah. And I think maybe the house thinks it understands 16-year-olds or – thinks that you're happiest in your life when you're 16, which is ridiculous because is there anyone or more maybe depressed just and miserable? Or greedy at 16, maybe. Because, I mean, well, they're very I, I feel selfish. Like, yeah, because I'll I give feel you that. like as an adult, even like the, the woman when she's older, like she's finally like, you know, it's enough. I, I feel like maybe yeah. a kid would keep going where an adult wouldn't. But um, I well, don't know. I think there's the nobody of, more selfish than a teenager, really, except maybe this a teenager. This is true. Right? Yeah. This is true. Um, but but I liked it. I thought it was weird and different, and, and I, I don't know. I really like this one. Um, and I liked, too, how, like, they had to look beyond the, surf, the surface. Like like you said, like, teenagers are greedy. But the thing is, when they actually look deeper on anything, like, everything was fake, you know? Um, yeah. So it was, yeah, all, it was all about that glamour, about that um, – trying to think of the right wording for it. But, but about that shallowness, I guess, would be yeah. the right way to yeah. – to describe it. Yeah. So I thought it was pretty interesting. Yeah, they, um, I, I kind of like... we got like, to see them all as kids. Yes, I kind of like well, seeing the young actors playing them older. I think it wasn't all 100% perfect, but it's not like we're... It's not like we're seeing, like, Oscar Cal... Right? Like... Like... Um, like We've seen a lot of body switching movies when we see an older person in a child's body and a child playing the older person and how they try to, like, you know, okay, not a good example, but, like, in Freaky Friday, right, when, like, yeah. Lindsay Lohan is playing Jamie Lee Curtis and Jamie Lee Curtis is playing Lindsay Lohan, and, I mean, I'm not using that as, like, an example of, like, an oscar no, performance necessarily, but, but – and this maybe wasn't right there, but I think they kind of had tried to really nail their dialogue, um, you know. They kind of had Zoe down, uh, and I loved how well, the two boys kept Zoe. calling her. She's the same actress for Zoe, yeah. so hopefully she nailed it down. But that's because she was younger. It was the same actress, that. really? Oh, yeah, because she's very yeah. young. Yeah, it was. I like yeah, how the boys yeah, kept like... calling her sad girl, and then, you know, <laughs> they made. So the Luke one was the less, the least 
like the one who played Young August, he also was kind of like very nerdy and into gadgets, and they kind of had that well done. I thought the mm-hmm. Luke kid, the young Luke, was the least like the older Luke. I think that Luke, may be because he's the most developed too, though, as a character, maybe. Well, I was going to say you know because what I mean? he, he, I was going to say because he lacks the strong personality traits and ticks and idiosyncrasies that the other characters have. Right, he's very like everyman normal guy, except for seeing ghosts. So That's true, too. I, I, That's true too. There's not really a thing to latch onto in his character so yeah. much as with some of the others. So, um, yeah, I see what you're saying. Have the character, the right character, so much. Yeah, he does yeah. as much. But. Yeah. So I didn't really like the end. I didn't like the part where he talks to his older self because yeah, that was a little weird. They lost me a well, little bit there. Like, how did that happen? Because the house. How would the house ever be capable of doing that? And there were times when it seemed like he was really talking to older Luke, but he really wasn't because, like, old Luke is saying things like, you can stay here forever, no one will ever let you down, no one will ever hurt you. Like a very, like, protect yourself, you'll never get hurt kind of thing he's saying, right? If I remember correctly. Mm -hmm. And I I just don't really think that's what – Luke was like we see like we didn't ever see Luke really hesitate with Megan like he's liked Megan since the moment he laid eyes on her and after out relatively quickly given that we're already in like the fifth or sixth episode of the show right like I don't eight yeah. okay so but so I felt like that has to be the house that's not Luke like would Luke really say that uh, but well but no, how I could the I house it, how could the house do that. Well, I, I'm trying to remember. I, I mean, I took it that it was was him talking to the house, but the house made himself kind of look like old into Luke. him to look like him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, a lot of it was him dealing with his own demons. But yeah, I mean, it was supposed to be the house talking to him, and that's definitely how I took it. Um, right. So yeah, and I, so I don't this... think necessarily it had to match up that perfectly because of that. Well, and is this the same? Is this basically the conversation the house has with every teenager it traps? I mean, really, you could say this to any teenager. Like all teenagers, yeah. Like they feel deep right. feelings. They get hurt. They like everything that happens to them is the most greatest tragedy ever, right? And, yeah, and, and granted, like, well, you can like, avoid it by staying here forever, type of thing. Yeah, you're right. Really, it would have worked probably with anybody, but it had a harder time with him. Which also he yeah. may have been able to resist it more because of the connections with the ghosts or whatever that he has too. So maybe it was because he was different that he, because it kept the other ones out. I mean, he was the one it wanted. And I kind of wonder if it's also like more of an emotional thing too. Like it needs that more like emotional connection. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that's just a guess. You know, um, today, today I was flicking channels while I was supposed to be working. I was flicking the TV channels and I, and I flicked across, uh, so Star Trek is on like all day, every day on BBC, and I flicked onto by accident onto this episode of Star Trek: The Next Generation, where they flew into an anomaly, which happens like once a week, um, and and they mm-hmm. got their turn their bodies turned into twelve year olds, and they were like grown up, they were like twelve year olds playing the actors. And I was like, oh my god, I just saw that, and this is like a twenty year old mm-hmm. episode. So <laughs> yeah, we're sorry I just saw that, but no, um, it's funny. So the whole other part of the episode was uh, Susan, I almost called her Lauren, Susan going to visit Megan at the house. Like Megan calls up and it's like, Megan calls up, but it's the roadie who calls up and says, can you come over here, right? 
Um, I can't remember who was on the phone calling, but I know that. Well, I Megan called up and said, "I need to see Luke. I need to see Luke." And Susan's like, "I'll be right." Yeah, over. I think that person was Trudy. But the point is, is when Susan gets there, it's really a lot of it's really Megan, and she's like, "I don't know yeah. what happened. The house has, you know, been destroyed, and somebody was here, but nobody was here. Why do I have all these messages from Luke when I've been trying to get a hold of him?" So obviously, Susan yeah. kind of, um, it, it hits her, well, maybe the roadie's still there, and there were three of them because she sees their drawings. Um, I liked, I enjoyed kind of how they had the sort of telekinesis thing back and forth of them. And I was wrong. I was going to tell you after, but I, this was, you know, you hadn't seen it. I don't know why I thought they couldn't go back into the same person again. So ignore that comment <laughs> that I had given you last week. Oh, yeah. After when I rewatched part of it, I'm like, why did I tell her that? Um but anyway, I liked when they kind of went back and forth between the two people and, like, when she used her, her um, telekinesis to, to um, flip the switch to grab the device and then hit the switch once she swapped bodies and yeah. that kind of tricked it. I thought that was kind of cool. Um, yeah. And, you know, thought it killed. And, and it, it was good because it didn't drag on. I mean, it was, not, like, it was nice that they had sort of the – that it took two episodes, but yet at the same time they didn't, you know, they didn't keep, keep it like going that, forever. I like that, I'm left with a big question. Like, why is the house torn up? What was the roadie looking for? Like, the books are thrown around. Like, stuff is thrown around everywhere, right? Like, was the roadie searching for something? Or, I, like, what? I don't know, but the roadie wanted in that house. And I, I think there's a yep. lot going on with that house. And there's more. I don't know if you can hear that. My mother is snoring, and I'm trying to wake her. No, I can't. So I can't hear, hear that. Well, and the roadie makes... Um, the Rory made a comment like there's so much pain in this house or, or there's so yeah. like many um, suffering people in this house or something, right? Like the Rory wanted to be yeah, there. There's a lot of supernatural energy slash emotion slash I want to be careful what I say, um, but there's a lot going on. Well, we know that. that. It, there's and a hell mouth in the basement. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And that is also yeah. important. <laughs> I won't just leave it at that. Um, but yeah, yeah. there there's stuff with the house, and and that's why the roadie's attracted to it. Um, and we know that there was yeah. a lot of ghosts in that house too, regardless of of the hell mouth. As we've seen, it. like you think about even just before. Yeah, but you yeah. think even before, like when she was in that um, theater with the they were going to operate on her or whatever. Like how many oh, times? Yeah, like how yeah, many ghosts there were then? There were quite a few. So and Luke's mother is there, and yeah, there's like all these ghosts yeah. in there. Um, so we might still learn more about that. I also kind of like the way they've been developing Susan as more and more competent with the ghost business. And I don't mean because she is, is showing. So now she doesn't, so she doesn't just have pyrokinesis. She has telekinesis also, which I think is yeah. new. Like, right. She had originally described to that, yeah. that teenage girl several episodes ago that she had pyrokinesis and we saw her use pyrokinesis at the at the awards dinner like a week ago, right? I yeah. I'm not sure I was aware that she also had telekinesis, which she exhibits in this episode. Is she becoming more powerful? Did I not know that? Or is this yeah, kind I, of I don't power? Know. I, I don't know if the if the pyrokinesis is maybe just sort of a form of the telek I don't know. They didn't really explain that. Because that's where before when I had said about her light and fire and that they commented that, that she did that. But they definitely um she definitely has telekinesis. Um I don't know I think she was supposed to have had it, but I don't think it was very clear before because I, I, I feel like you did. I thought it was just um, that she could light things on fire or like, you know, yeah. light stuff up. But yeah, she definitely is telekinetic. Um, 
Or maybe yeah, I don't know. I think becoming... that just maybe wasn't super clear before and maybe should have been a bit clearer. Well, I kind of wonder, I mean, could she be becoming more powerful as she's exposed to, like, supernatural energy all the time? And also as she is more accepting of the idea of supernatural beings as she's around it, right? Like when they first hired her, mm-hmm. she was a little bit more like of a less of a believer, yeah. and she's much maybe like more. But I was just gonna say, but I feel like if that's the case, though, I think that maybe her being able to move the the device or the switch or whatever, I think she'd be surprised. She didn't seem surprised. So I take it that she had this and they just didn't, it wasn't super clear. That's how she I take it. But we also haven't really seen a download or a debrief of that scene. Anyway, I, I was just wondering about it. Um, but I, I do like that, you know, she, not only was she um, uh, less of a believer in the early part of the season, but she was less competent and confident in like, you know, when August and and Father Fred, Fred, is that his name, are doing their thing. Now that right? you know, I like, know his name every time, and I tell you, I can correct you, and now that you said that, I can't think of his name. Um, uh, but she showed real, like, confidence and quick thinking and no. outwitted a roadie, a very dangerous roadie, and she, like, I like the she way they have sort of brought her along as being a more comfortable person and, like, really becoming a full member of the team. Like, like they all were very dismissive, except for Luke. The rest of the characters were very dismissive. I mean, Zoe was, Zoe was the most dismissive, but they all were kind of like, Luke's like, don't go in the house without us. You don't understand what's going on. And I like that they're slowly bringing her, showing her to be like a very, um, she's not just a good real estate person. She's really good at this other stuff also. Right, right. Yeah. yeah I, I, I agree. I like that, that. I like that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's, yeah, that's about enough of that. that. I have something else to add. So this was eight of ten, right? There's two more weeks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's two more weeks. So, and I'm gonna um, put up part two of my interview with uh, Marie Steen went uh, next week, with and who? then for the um, the one who plays August. Oh right, part right. Two of the interview. And then for the finale, I'll have up um, with are you, uh, are you, Camille, po- you posting? Michigan. You posting the video of that? No, that's already up. That's part one. But I have uh, yeah. some more questions. That's going to be a written interview. That part two, I'm going to have up. I'm going to put oh. up before next week. And then her will be up for the finale Who's because hers? that interview isn't until Friday. Tanil, I screwed up. I Who's screwed Camille? up today. It what's was her, next what's Friday, the character's name? When he plays Megan, that's why I said the girl who plays okay. Megan. Um, I thought it was this that. Friday, and I can't read. I can't read my email apparently because I sat there and was like, "Why is she so late?" And like at this point, it, I know that if if somebody's like more than ten minutes late, it's my fault. <laughs> so I like, "Yep, <laughs> today is not September 10th. So yeah, that that was yeah. It's this Friday coming up. <laughs> so anyway, okay, cool. Send me questions if they have it. Um, but anyway, so. Great. Alrighty. Well, I think we can move on to Roswell now. Yes, it shouldn't take long to discuss Roswell. Um, yeah. Would, would you, know, you like to I say something first, about Roswell? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I thought the, the first three-fourths of it, I thought were, well, maybe the first half of it, I thought was decent. Really? But, I don't know. It, it kind of went downhill. Um, 
I'm okay. So I guess the main the main thing I want to talk to you about is I guess the main part yeah. of getting out of it is that the whole story that Jones told him was a lie and that he is the the um, leader. My understanding that right? Is that how you got it? Yes. Can we that acknowledge that? I just like to point out that it was weeks ago that I said I think I think Jones is the dictator and Michael is his son. Called that like three weeks ago. Um, yes. And it was proven with the sword that that this is the case. That only someone with Jones's DNA could touch the sword, which I think means Max could touch the sword because Max, well, he's in Max's body and Max touches there. Well, yeah, we, I um, think we knew Max could touch the sword. Because well, Max is a clone, it, so. yeah. Yeah. And, and so my, Michael you know, was what like, I think funny is I was right inadvertently because I told you uh, last week that I thought that I did not pick up on that, for whatever reason, did not think that that, that guy at the company was bad, that, that was uh, oh, yeah. Helping out, I mean, just for what, but that was just more. I don't know for whatever reason I was addled and he, I didn't think he was bad, but I was right inadvertently, uh, or at least it seems to be. Um, well, so I don't know. Maybe I mean, I he, his character. I mean, we can talk about him a bit. I I think he's more of a guy who has good intentions but is going about it a bad way, as right. opposed to being but, like a straight up bad guy. Right. I think what's important about that, and what I want to know and understand about that is the fact that we, we kind of briefly talked about the fact that these people stole the sword, which we said didn't make sense because they weren't supposed to be able to take it. Now, supposedly yeah. these are the people that injected Kyle with something. So are, are these aliens? Because I definitely got the opinion from last week when they showed these people and he took the sword back, I thought they were human, but I don't know how else they would have lifted the sword. So, okay. I half don't know. The time, are we just not half- to know? <laughs> Half the time I watch the show, I have no idea what's going on. And I'm not sure – okay, I'm 90% sure that the show is just terrible. But 10% yes, is I'm like – Yeah, I'm 90% sure of that. <laughs> I'm 10% like, am I not paying – because it's so bad I don't pay enough attention. And is that why I don't know what's Yeah, going sometimes on. I feel like I really miss something. And then you're like, no, I thought that too. <laughs> it's like, no. So I, te- I texted not. you in the first, like, 15 minutes of the episode. I texted you, and I, and I said – I have no idea what's going on. I have no idea what's going on. I feel like I missed an entire episode, except I didn't. But I didn't. Still have yeah. <laughs> right. Um, I think yeah. the show is getting worse, and they're making huge leaps without explaining them at all. Um, and I, I had no idea what was going on for much of the beginning of the episode. Um, like, like I don't have any recollection of Jones being in the mindscape with Maria. And I'm like, wait, why is Jones in Maria's mind? She's in a coma in the hospital. No, wait, he was what? In, and what? He was in there last week because he was trying to, to find out about her grandmother, but that's the part that didn't oh, make sense. What's we didn't understand, remember? Yes, yes, we didn't understand. Yeah, that. and that's the part that um, we still didn't understand um, and why he needed something from her. And I'm guessing that it's leading to next week because she takes her into that diner or whatever in her mind. Yeah. Um, I, I don't understand what information she has that's so important, but I think that we just haven't gotten the information yet but yeah some of it 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 just like I don't even understand how he got in his body in the first place I think 
I don't know if I missed that explanation of how he took his body or why uh, he we talked. I mean, yeah. the thing is, he looks like Max. Why does he need Max's body? Like, that to me was very odd to begin with. Because I get that Liz is saying, you need to find a way to separate you from Max's body. Well, why is he in Max's body? Why didn't he just pretend to be Max? That to me is way more convoluted. Like, it just doesn't make sense. Like, why would they write in he hops into Max's body when he looks exactly like Max? When they're clones, yes. <laughs> Yes, that makes, like why? Why do you just switch bodies? That's a very good point, Janie. That's an excellent point that we didn't really discuss last week. Like, why do you have to switch bodies when you you have the exact same body? Like, you're more identical than twins. Yeah. You're clones, right? Yeah, and um, yes, and second of all, why did he take Max's body? Like, did he just take the pod, or did he take Max? Because I thought Max was just like in the jail cell. In the cage. I, mean, I think Max. But maybe Max was in the pod because when they went in the cave, the cave was empty. So I'm thinking he must have taken Max too. Well, no, wait, he's in Max's body. Forget I asked that. But then where's Jones's body then? Exactly. Well, they, maybe he ate because, him. I don't know. That would make more sense at this point. Because <laughs> I thought Jones was in the cage, not in the pod. But maybe they put him in the That's pod to shut him up. That's what confused me because I thought he was in the pod, and then I assumed before when we found out that he was Jones. I assumed that he just left Max in the cage because I had even said something to you like they'll find Max because they're going to go back in there. But then I forgot all about that and we found out he switched. He's in his body somehow, yeah. which I don't understand. I, Unless yeah. he like absorbed his body or something. I don't well, know. I think last I week I said we could go back and watch the previous week's episode to really but we don't examine care. it. But, but who cares, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's not going to. Yeah. Uh, so I am also growing quite bored with the mindscape. Like to me, too much of it is taking place in the mindscape all the time. Um, I I also don't love. One reason I don't like Jones also is because I I never like a character who is so all powerful that no one can beat them. Right. Like like I have some problems with Captain Marvel uh, because she's overpowered and like almost invincible. Um, and so like Jones is kind of like that. Now, I guess, I guess, I guess Michael and Izzy and perhaps Maria and, and Rosalinda seems to be becoming a powerful alien. Like she's got powerful, like not mind reading, but she like, she like, not only can she go in the mindscape, but now she's got this thing where she can hear like vibrations and whatever. Right. And so yeah, that's I know that's from mine. I kind of liked how she was working with Michael finding it and, and he was teaching her. Um, yeah, I, I kind of like that. I, I kind of don't like how everyone is turning out to be part alien. I mean, I know it's because she was in the pod for 10 years, but, um, yeah, I mean, she is kind of a better character than a lot of them on the show. She has a little more, I don't know, depth yeah. to her character. But um, Yeah, I think her and Carl are probably the most interesting, um, which I mean, I guess, before is a problem. I guess they will together find a way. I guess they'll think with Alex. The whole Alex storyline, so... Yeah, about his boss, whose name is, I think his name is Captain Fernandez or something like that. Um, this guy, which, okay, so he's Kyle's uncle, like that Kyle never, like I still look at the part where he's Kyle's uncle that apparently Kyle never knew, nobody ever knew about. Like the Valentis are the number one most prominent family in Roswell, but no one knew there was an uncle. Yeah, who, and, and again, like, we'll mention again, it doesn't make sense why he needed to be his uncle, because I feel like that was... That's kind of like the thing with, with Max switching bodies. Like, why? He, he could have just been somebody who knew him. It, it, we didn't need that, other than they had the scene that his DNA was 
similar. Like it, it's irrelevant. Um, okay. I, I'm I, also pretty sure. Like, sorry, go ahead. So, so Alex, he's no, Kyle's not. He's in a coma. I forget how he got in the coma. Did they inject him with something, or is, I think he, he said injected him with something. I think is what they what he said, or at least that's what he said happened. The attacker um, injected him, so he'll probably end up being an alien. But Jamie, I'm pretty sure if you're in a coma, you can't just roll a hospital bed into a barn and you'll be fine, right? Like yeah. there's a hospital bed with monitors and shit hooked up to Kyle in a barn, and there's nobody watching him. Like when they come into well, when, this guy when, works for some high-tech company. He knows what he's doing. <laughs> well, he works for, like, a secretive shadowy government organization, but no, there's no I one don't. there. There's no one there. I know. I like, don't. they walk in and cause, like, alone in a hospital bed in a barn. Yeah. I, like, what I don't the hell know. is um, going on? The only thing I was going to say is I, I did kind of like that they – I don't know if I want to say I liked. I thought it was interesting that they connected the fact and said that that other crazy guy, the one that almost killed him, that he had worked for this place and that the radio made him go nuts. I thought that that was kind of an interesting twist. Yeah, and I don't then know Alex that it was, was like, necessary. why are you going to tell me I'm so crazy? Then the first <laughs> job you gave me is to work on this radio that made a guy go nuts. <laughs> and he's like, well, it would have taken a long time. I can't help you fix it in a couple of days. <laughs> yeah. I don't understand why that guy wasn't straight with Alex in the first place. And Alex asks him and he gives this, like, ridiculous answer, like, yeah, I didn't I know. want Alex to scare you off. Helping him, it is kind of strange that he lied. Other than it was like a red herring, but yeah, um, I, I mean, I kind of feel like what Alex needs to do is Alex needs to go talk to Michael and tell him what's going on and be like, I think this guy might be good. This is what's going because I don't know. I feel like at a certain point he's going to have to introduce him to Michael because now he knows. I, guess. I mean, he even said he's in love with an alien, so he already knows Michael is an alien, and he doesn't exactly deny it. Um. No, Alex doesn't with, say, like, what you're talking about. And and probably this guy has known that that Michael and Isabel and Max have been, like, how long has he known that they've been around? And he doesn't really care well, that they're... Well, he knows Michael. We don't know that he knows the other ones are aliens. We know he knows Michael's an alien. Well, he has to know um, because the three of them appeared in the desert together one night, right? The three of them yeah. show up at age 10 in the desert together. Well, if um, he knows that, he probably does. Everyone in the whole town knows that. He was, yeah, that's true, yeah. too. It's common um, knowledge in town, yeah, I mean, and he works for the NSA, or Dark Sky. I, I or, who's like, the drive shaft? I feel though like he he is a good guy because I feel like he could have done something about that. I mean, he, it doesn't seem like he's told people he knows this, but I don't know that. I don't know this whole. I don't know. I'm also I'm just kind of having like a hard time with. Like, this so I am. Stupid. <laughs> I'm also having a hard time with this radio that Kyle's father made that can talk to this other radio that some other guy was studying for years, maybe before Kyle's father even made it. And, and Well, here's and, my question. Is it like, um, it's, it's almost like a long range communication device, right? Yeah. It's powered yeah. by the alien tech. Alien glass. So I don't know yeah. if it necessarily was made. And, and that's the question was, I don't think it was made by, was it made by them with alien tech? I mean, was it actually an alien radio? Or did they just stick the alien stuff no. in there? I don't know that it matters because laws don't make it sense. It looks like an but... old-timey 1950s, 1940s, 50s human radio that someone stuck alien tech inside, right? Probably the, the original people in the flashback, like whatever their names are, Patricia and whoever, 
Dolores, whatever her name is, Patricia, yeah, two I mothers. Yeah, like it's somehow connected to these ones that hurt Kyle. That's why I'm so lost because I still don't know if those people are alien or human. It may only make sense if they're well, aliens, are they, but they made them are seem human. So. Are those two guys who, how did who they stole get, the sword? How did they get the sword are if they, they're not? Well, are they the astronomers? Like everybody's talking about the astronomers whose car was found by the side of the road and the astronomers are dead. And I'm like, are those guys the astronomers? astronomers? They're fake astronomers, right? I think they were I don't like, even masquerading as saying astronomers, so I missed that. Yeah. Probably, they probably kept saying astronomers. It, it's so bad yeah, um, that, like, like well, whatever. Well, stole the sword from, that's all I know. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I feel like this show, but here's the thing. A lot of shows won't go deep into into mythology and into the sci-fi and all this, and I feel like this show had potential, and it could have been done well, but it's like they have so many different things going on. They have made the storyline so convoluted, it doesn't make sense. Yep. Yeah, they need to. As much as I'm usually when I talk about shows, I like the mystery. You know, I like the twisty storyline. They need to do work character development because we say it yeah. every time it is not good that the main characters are unlikable. So well, and you know who's, who's and make the characters likable, yeah. develop them a little bit better. That's well, my you know who main I really character. hate. I really hate Max slash Jones. And oh yeah, me too. Well, and part of the reason I, I mean, he's a bad guy, you're supposed to not like him, but I feel like the writing is not good enough to get to show us when we're looking at Jones and when we're looking at Max. And so they've written him and the actor plays him as this arrogant, sneering, overacting, ridiculous dickhead that like, I just want to punch his face every time he appears on the screen. And I just feel like I just feel like they're not able to give Jones any personality except this sneering, like, ridiculous, like, I want him to start twirling his mustache at any moment, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and and I well, I feel like better writing and better direction, maybe well, some stronger acting, I, I, would... I don't would... know. Here's the thing. I think the actor's done a fairly good job playing both parts. He is kind of overacting it, but I do feel like that's in the writing, and it's the way they're having him do it. My biggest problem is, and I've said this over and over again, I, I feel like in order to care about what Jones is doing, you have to care about Max, and I don't. Yeah. I have said before that Max and Liz are like some of my least favorite characters. This is a problem. I mean, to I me, and that is the biggest to... problem of the show. They are supposed to be the two people you're supposed to care about, and they're the two people I don't. I don't. I don't dislike Liz as much. I shouldn't say I don't necessarily dislike her. I don't like their – I never necessarily loved their their storyline of the two of them together. Like, I never necessarily no. felt it. I think that's part of the problem. But it, it, it's usually well, seems to me that I'm like, oh, okay, who cares? Like, I don't know. They just they're supposed to, to be – they're supposed to be like a super couple who are meant to be ever since they're teenagers – and, like, I guess he's loved her since a teenager, but he was too much of a popular kid to actually be nice to, like, an immigrant kid or something. Like, we never really, like, together with her or really pursued her before. Like, it's supposed to be this, like, meant-to-be thing, but and maybe they come off. It's more I don't care about the relation. It's more I don't care about the relationship, I think. It's not so much I don't like them. It's that I don't care if they're together or not, one way or like the other. It really well, it's not. Look, you're supposed to be rooting for them, and you're supposed to believe they're meant right. to be, and they and they've been in love with each other since they were teenagers. And but it doesn't play that. It actually comes off that she's a jerk and he's a doormat. 
right? I'm like, why would Max keep, like, pining after her? Like, I don't see yeah. what he sees in her. And she, and she continually does everything everybody tells her not to do and is a jerk. And then he's just like, you know, like when mm-hmm. Joan, like watching Jones come yeah. on to her and her like sort of flirt back at him, I wanted to, th- it was just painful and I wanted to throw up. And I was like, okay, I know I they're both acting. I think he had to know. Like, he knew. I'm thinking he and knows she knew, what she's doing. He knew and she knew and she knew he knew, right? But, I kind of thought that too. But it just played like I don't know. It played like they're always like like I don't want that. like yeah I don't see what you see I don't see what they see in each other I don't believe that they're meant to be I think the world is better off if they broke up and didn't talk to each other anymore. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. I don't care about them. I, I, I think I, you're I, right. It's like, a problem. If you don't like them, then it's a real problem to watch this show. Yeah, and I mean I said I have liked Michael and Isabel more like as time's gone on. Yeah. I, I did not like yeah. them as much before. I have liked them more this season. So that's a good thing. Um, yeah. I still think Kyle and Rose are the best characters, which is still a problem. But I, I – it, yeah. and like I said, I don't know per se – I don't find them super likable. But like I said, I don't know so much that it's that I don't like Max and I don't like Isabel. It's that I don't – or don't like Max – sorry, don't like Max and don't like Liz. It's more that I don't care about them together, which is supposed to be the main driving force of the show, which it's not. Yeah. There you go. I think that the yeah. original was better. Right. And I find okay. more, as much as it's not even my favorite relationship on a show or anything, I almost want to say that I find see more chemistry between Michael and uh, Alex than I do between them sometimes. And yeah. I never really liked Michael and Alex to begin with. So, yeah. Cause I, I also I, saw I more chemistry. Korea, but. I, there was more chemistry between Max and that girl he was sleeping with last year, that d- other deputy he was sleeping with. Yeah, there kind of was. Kind of was. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I, I just, there's so many problems. The thing is, it, it had everything going for I feel like it had potential. It, they, it was good. It was decent last year. Like, we were talking about it and it had some, some good parts, and I don't know. It just this year yeah. just has gone <laughs> downhill. I don't yep. know if it gets another season, but I don't know that I'll be watching it if it does. Yeah. Unless I'm hate watching it, like we do with other shows. Hate watching, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. So all right, all right. Let's get on to your next Lucifer thing. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna play the clip now. This is the last clip I'm gonna play. Um, and the rest of this interview will be out. I should say. Um, once the I don't know exactly what day, but the the show premieres Friday, so these interviews will be out after that. But, um, this is her talking about, and, and I left me in here too, but about her talking about how she feels about the ending of the show. Let me let me turn this off speaker again. Oh, crap. Wait a second. Okay. I thought it said I was offline. Were you satisfied overall with the ending of, of both that she got and the show got? Yes. Yes. I was satisfied with both. I was satisfied with um, the show. Uh, I watched it as a fan. I binged season six uh, till 3.30 in the morning and I just kept wanting to watch one more episode and one more episode and I think it's it's a beautiful bittersweet ending but I think they really handled each character with so much care and it was organic it felt natural it was beautiful um, definitely a tearjerker but it just evolved so naturally and organically that I can't 
imagine an alternate ending. There we go. Again, that was Amy Garcia, and people can catch the rest of that interview uh, soon on SciFiVision.com. All right. Let me put my speaker back. Cool. I didn't even turn it off right in the middle. I hit, I hit speaker in the middle because I realized it wasn't off. All right. Um, so we, so what are we, we going to talk about next? Are we going to talk about what if? Is that? I think that's next. Yeah. You want to talk about what if? Yeah. Okay, AJ, back on here? I am. Hello, ladies. Hi. So uh, sometimes I feel like AJ's been silent, so he should have a chance to talk first about this show. Um, see, actually, I like to hear I like to hear what you guys say about what if first. Oh, because you read I'm the books more, and we don't. Yeah, I'm I'm more okay. comically inclined. Okay, Jamie, you love Doc. You okay. love you some Benedict Cumberbatch. So, yeah, what do you think? I had. I had told you guys the other week when I had read that he wasn't going to be in it, and I was all like, this sucks. And then I read suddenly he was in it. Um, apparently it changed, because I did find the other articles. I'm not crazy. He wasn't doing it, I guess, and then for whatever reason <laughs> I decided to do it. Um, so that made it ten times better. Not that I wouldn't have watched it anyway. Um, but I, I thought that this idea was really interesting, because, I mean, the whole – Dr. Strange – I mean, the whole thing starts because of his hands. That's the most important part of the show. That's what starts him becoming Doctor Strange. Um, so I thought the idea was really an interesting one, and um, I I thought it was cool how they kind of, you know, showed how that could have could have splintered off. Um, I, I thought it was a little strange how um, I can't think of her name, but the one that's like his the boss, you know, uh, the, the, the Supreme Tilda Swinton. The Sorcerer yeah. Supreme? Yeah, you know who I mean. Um, I, I was a little surprised. No, no, the Ancient, the ancient one. one. Her name Her name is the Ancient One. The Ancient One. The yeah. Ancient One, that's it. Um, I, yeah. I, I found the idea that she had should had split him in the same universe a little strange. I, I hadn't seen that coming. Yeah. Um, but but I like the idea that they kind of showed how his life would have been so much different. And it was almost like – I found it interesting, too, because in the movie – he is very um, arrogant and not a nice person for a lot of it. And it almost made him, to me, seem more of a caring person when it happened in this way. Because in the show, he cared only about himself. So I thought it was interesting in how it still, even though that was the case, that that's what caused it to devolve. Um, I mean, I kind of would have liked it to have had a happy ending, but at the same time, I think it was kind of interesting where the, the whatever his name is, the Watcher guy is like, you know, nope. You screwed up yourself. <laughs> That's why you don't mess with time. You know, we all know that. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I, th- I thought it was kind of interesting. I, I liked what they did. I really did. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else specific. Uh, he just he just kept making it worse and worse and worse. I, I liked how they had Wong, and I liked how he gave him, like, that protective um, spell. And I liked kind of how they showed the um, – showed it like the metaphor sort of physically because he kept breaking through those um, symbols, whatever you want to call it. I thought that was kind of cool. Um, but, yeah, it was neat. And, and I like how we talked before how the other one had a different, um, like, animated style. This one definitely had a more um, – now, I've only seen the original or the first one. I never – I haven't seen the other two yet. But um, this one definitely had a more newer animated, um, 3D animated look style. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, 
So I watched it twice. When I watched it a couple days ago, I kind of didn't like this episode and thought it was kind of boring, really boring, and I really didn't pay attention to it. And so then I went back and rewatched it today because I was like, oh, I need to, I need to pay more attention to this. Um, I thought there, were, so there was some stuff I really liked and some stuff I really didn't like. Um, like, so yeah, the whole part where Doctor Strange is kind of a jerk. Like, Doctor Strange is not my favorite Marvel movie. I think he's a jerk for it always. Like, he's still a jerk after he becomes the Supreme, I think. Yeah, um, and he, he is very arrogant. And, uh, you know, I'm a little, if I recall that movie correctly, like, like, he's a jerk to Christine. And so the very idea that his life would be ruined if he broke, if Christine died is not really the character that we know from the movie. Like, I don't think he, like, him losing, not being able to be a surgeon is obviously much more important to him than, like, his girl, right? Right. Well, that's what I was saying. It almost made him, like, a better person losing her, though. Like, I mean, it's for her to die. (laughs) Yeah, because he, well, no, but I mean, he became a nicer person. Like, he cared about somebody else instead of himself, and that's what was his downfall, which I think is kind of ironic and interesting. I don't know. I thought it was weird, but... Yeah, the the idea that the female character has to die for the man to be a better person is problematic for me. Um, I mean, so aside from that, I felt like this episode was a little bit derivative in that, like, how many times have we seen this, like, on Doctor Who, right? Any time travel thing we've ever seen. Like, this was not groundbreaking territory in time travel. Um, We have seen so many shows about going back in time and screwing things up and the idea of what they call a... Uh, an absolute event, like Doctor Who calls a fixed point or something like that in the timeline. But anyway, like none of that is new. It, it was a little no, derivative, kind of but it's going to happen but, in time travel. I mean, there's always no. I mean, you can have you can have newer ideas of time travel, but I think this really signals. I mean, so much of this is probably setting up what's going to happen in the next twelve movies of the MCU, right? Um, I uh, so I mean, there was I did really like. Um, I mean, I, I also have a problem with, like, how do you have two timelines in the same universe, but whatever. Um, I did kind of like the way he cycles through, like, every – well, like, if you're, if you're a McAdams fan, like, seeing her get, die 20 times. And it's interesting that she doesn't always get killed in a car accident. Like, she killed her from a heart attack or she gets shot by a crook or whatever. But at any rate, um, I kind of – you know, I, when, when he was cycling through every way she dies – kind of reminded me of in Endgame or one of those movies where he's like looking through all the billions of possibilities of how to defeat Thanos and he finds like the mm-hmm. one way they can do it. Um, uh, and I kind of like the end, like I liked, uh, okay, so I, I liked the bringing back the big octopus. Um, I liked the yeah, animation a lot, particularly the Watcher. I mean, the Watcher, I got some problems with the Watcher, but we can talk about that and AJ can explain to me maybe because I think the Watcher is in the comic books. And maybe I don't totally get um, the Watcher's deal, but um, anyway. So yeah, I hated it the first time I watched it. When I rewatched it, I liked it better. It's absolutely heartbreaking and depressing. Like, oh my God, she yeah. dies twenty times and then the world ends anyway. It's very depressing. And the whole theme of it is like, love will break your heart, love will break your mind, and then the world will end. The universe will end. So thank you, Marvel, for making me feel like I needed a, <laughs> a Jack Daniel <laughs> by the end of it, right? <laughs> yeah. So I AJ, would go on. Comic um, 
Yeah. Yes, I like it a lot. It it might actually be my favorite episode. I might like it better than the uh, T'Challa one. Um, yeah. It um. It well, I don't know. Maybe I looked deeper into it because you know, I mean, it was it's a classic story of you know he's trying to save her, trying to save her, and he finally succeeds, only to lose her anyway and destroy the entire universe. Like he didn't yeah. just destroy the planet or something. He destroyed the entire universe. And I think the biggest thing about the episode um, is the Watcher says, you know, re- re- reiterates that he could step in, but he's not going to because saving one universe isn't worth jeopardizing all the other universes. So I think that's really important in the fact that, like, what strange has become and done in this universe can affect the other universes. If you know, yeah. some, you know, cause he's so powerful now. Like he, I mean, he's, he's so powerful now that. Who? Wait, I have, strange, I, I, except what, that he, except strange. that he's in a bubble. Of, he destroyed the entire universe and lives in a bubble by himself. So is he really but, so right. powerful? He can't. Other people. But that's the thing. He, one, but he, but that's the that's 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 how this ended. You don't you know, you know. Do we see him again next season and find out? You know, does he? Because he is powerful. He is so powerful. I mean, all that energy he got from all those different creatures, all the, you know, across the um the multiverse. You know, yeah. like so we saw the tentacle monster again. Um, he is extremely powerful right now. I mean, he he changed. A um, uh, what did they call it? Uh, you just said it, Karen. A fixed point in time or an absolute event, they call yeah. it. I think in this. An absolute, yeah, absolute event. Um, he changed an absolute event, which is unheard of. You know, to be able to do that is just the problem. Is once again with Doctor Strange, always is his hubris. He is a yeah. very arrogant character. He's always been a very arrogant character. And yes, while Jamie Jamie says they kind of made him more caring, it's still his yeah, hubris does. because because he still thinks he's expected. It, it, all right. So what we saw originally in the movie is um, she actually turned him down to go to that to that because yep. he asked her and yeah, she's she like did. she's like yeah I'm not she's like I'm not going with you because it's not about us it's about you which is why I'm not going in this mm-hmm. reality. She goes with him and she dies. Now, mm-hmm. his, you know, his, you know, his hubris is why he goes looking for, you know, there's got to be a way, you know, trying to figure out the meaning of life and everything. His world's been shattered because this is something he can't fix. He can fix anything. He's a, he's a surgeon. He can do anything. He's, he's the best surgeon in the world. He can fix this somehow. There's got to be a way. There's got to be an answer, you know, and he becomes, yeah, still you know. He becomes the Sorcerer Supreme, and he's still haunted by the fact that I have a, I, I'm a I'm a sorcerer now, and I can do all this magic, and I still can't save her. But I have this little time which, thingy know, here, so it, which it, kind it, of it, begs. God, but I was gonna say it kind of begs the question: like, is she the love of his life, and he wants to fix it, or is he just guilty and wants to fix it? Because in the movie, like, or is she really the love of his life? Person and fix it. I mean, he's driving, she's killed, he's like, no, I mean, he obviously likes her or whatever, but, like, I guess that begs the question, does he really 
like can't live without this person he loves, or can he not live with this thing that he can't fix? Number two. Yeah, that's what I said. It, it's, it's, it's almost more, about it's, like is it that he can't live with him not being the most powerful person. It's more ever. about. But, but that was before he. Yeah. Yeah, but but yeah, it's about him not being able to fix it. It's not about her. She's yeah. not the love of his life. Yeah. In that moment, she and, is because you know it's 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 absolutely about trying to fix it. Yeah. Um. And and so and then by the end of it, I mean, so it wasn't a very original idea, and yet I like how at the end of it, like, you know, so he so he like kind of fixes it, but then she dies anyway. But she dies like right. being horrified by him, right? Like, like he yeah. because he's absorbed all those creatures, he looks like a horrible monster, which I felt like was just a metaphor for her seeing yeah. that he'd become a even worse, ten thousand times worse asshole, basically, right? Like what he's become, uh-huh. and and not only does he yeah. lose her, but he loses her as she's repulsed by him. Yeah. Um, and and not in any way grateful for being. I mean, we've seen this also too. Many people we've seen many shows where someone's brought back to life. I mean, Buffy jumps to mind first and is like, why'd you bring me back? Like, I was I was in heaven. Yeah. <laughs> like, screw you for bringing me back to life, right? That's right, mm. yeah. Um, Buffy's like, oh my God, I was in heaven. With me pointing out how, how powerful he is now, he sensed, he sensed the Watcher, which people don't sense the Watcher unless, you know, you well, really have ask you about a that. connection on a cosmic level. Because the Watcher is what supposed to only watch, right? Watcher right. only watches yes. and doesn't interfere, and that's the voiceover every Even week. Even warns him, though. But, well, here's the thing. The Watcher, when I saw the Watcher was there, so it's interesting, AJ, I've never considered that you're like, he's so powerfully sensed the Watcher, because I read that as the Watcher getting too close. And and I was thinking about this idea that, like, um, the, the, the effect of the observer upon the thing it's observing. Right, which we it's like a thing in like like I know we read a lot about this when we were um, watching Lost and thinking a lot about quantum physics and stuff like that, um, and the idea that the very act of observing something affects the situation and changes it, um, and, and, and so I felt like so I felt like the observer was was watching too closely, but. I like so your explanation that he's so powerful that he sensed the watcher is an interesting other side of that coin and probably is correct because you read the comic books and understand the watcher better yeah. maybe and yeah, the watcher, Strange better than I do right any any of the uh, any of the watchers you know a watcher which is his name's a watcher and he's not the only yeah. watcher he's just the watcher that oh. that they focus on um so but any watcher they could be standing next to you and you would never know it. Because think of think of them as a ghost or, or a spirit or something, you know. Um, mm-hmm. You're not going to know it's there, and that's you know. But because of strain, strain, you know, not only because he's so powerful, but just because his connection with the cosmos and everything, you know, and and the fact that he is yeah. so powerful is why he's able to detect them. Um, like the first time he sensed him when he was gaining the powers and he like looked around and he didn't quite see him cause he wasn't quite powerful yet. Um, and then at the end he sees him, he actually sees where he is. And, and, and at that point yeah. he's actually, you know, he's got that, he's kind of like part of the stars and he actually, you know, has a conversation with him and the watch is like, <laughs> tough shit. 
Um, yeah. yeah so. I, actually, the Watcher's like, gee, I wish I could save her and punish yeah. you. But, you know, you were warned 100 yeah. times. Uh, in fact, I, I think the yeah. watch is it the Watcher who says, and this is like really, the Watcher's, no, it, it might be, it's the Watcher who says it, not um, the librarian. He says something to him about uh, about the he says, he said, I can't paraphrase it correctly, but he says, like, messing with time will only lead to destruction. Yeah. Right? Something, and, and I felt like, oh, that's basically what the next 12 movies are going to be about, right? Like, the next movie coming out is, like, like it's all multiverse for the next phase of the MCU, right? Well, no, the next, like, the, next movie is, the next movie is The Eternals, but the one after that is Spider-Man, which is definitely multiverse. Yes, Spider-Man's definitely multiverse. The Eternals, uh, I mean, the Eternals seem to, uh, I mean, they have some great powers or whatever, but, I mean, we're definitely going multiverse with the next phase of the MCU, right? Yeah. Um, yeah I mean, uh, is the Eternals and I felt, in the MCU or just the Marvel movie? Like, is it still connected? No, they're in the MCU. What's that? The Eternals, right? It's not. Yeah. Jamie asked, is it a straight-up Marvel, like, unrelated movie, or is it part of this, like, no, it's, it's all connected. It's all, it's part of Phase 4. It's all connected. Okay. So I got to see that, too. Um, well, and, so, I mean, it looks, so I went to see Shang-Chi last week, Eternals trailer. I mean, to me, the Eternals looks kind of bad, but we'll see. Um, and maybe actually, I the like... books are excited for it. I was kind of, actually I, when I saw the first trailer for the Eternals, I was kind of like, eh. And then actually the trailer I just saw at Shang Chi, I thought I, I actually was like, ooh, this looks like it's gonna be really good. <laughs> it's got a great cast. Okay. <laughs> it does have a great cast. Um. Actually, Karen, anyway, you'll, you'll appreciate this. Something funny about the Eternals. So I knew Kit Harrington was in it, but mm-hmm. I did not realize that the actor that played Rob from Game of Thrones was also in it. Until like oh, his wife? a couple oh, weeks ago. Oh, Rod, that's not his wife. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know she was in it. No. Interesting. No. Why? Why? I said. No, I said no. His Rob. wife. His what? You said Roz. You said oh Rob. I no, I said Rob. 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 Yeah, Rob. Yeah, the actor. I can't think of the actor's name, but he's also in it. And it's funny because I did. I see him, and I'd seen him in the preview, but I did not recognize him. I recognized Kit with the short hair, but I didn't recognize the guy that played yeah. Rob. And I was confused also because his real-life wife who played Ygritte is named Rose. <laughs> yeah. Um, but at any rate, yeah, I, I just felt like when the Watcher's like, oh, if you mess with time, like, you're only going to, like, lead to destruction. And I was kind of like, oh, yeah, this is this where we're going with MCU, like, in the next phase or whatever. Like, we're definitely getting more multiverse, you know, right? I mean, what if is yeah. basically – playing with multiverse kind of but this is the first episode this episode like fully focused on like messing with time um uh i i think part of the reason i maybe you know i just don't love doctor strange i didn't love the movie it's not one of my favorite mcu movies and of course not the greatest but and this so i don't love all that mystical hoo-ha 
like, I guess one of my superhero movies. Like, <laughs> well, there you go. That's your problem. Right there. You don't like the mystical hoo-ha. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. Like, Powers is okay, but the mystical hoo-ha. <laughs> I don't. I also have a problem with Scarlet Witch because, like, Scarlet Witch is introduced to us as a mutant, like an X-Men-style mutant, but then she turns out to be a witch with powers going back to, like, Hundreds of years ago, witches. Like, and I'm like, wait, what? Oh, she's actually a witch. I didn't know she was really a witch. I still gotta watch. Is she a mutant? Even watch Monovision. I'm like, is she a mutant or is she a witch? No. I and, and is being a witch magic or is it she's a I'm like, what the hell? Well, well see, the thing right? is, well, well, the th- well, the thing is, in the MCU, because the MCU, she's not a mutant, actually. Because mutants don't exist in the MCU yet. But okay, but in Marvel, in the I mean, the X Men are part of Marvel. In the comics, yes. Right. Well, actually, it's it's very convoluted. Uh, yeah, in the X Men part of it, she she was a, she'd be a witch or a, a mutant. Um. But the thing is, in the comics, it's very convoluted. Took Hydra, they took Hydra serum in the movie, right? Sokovia's invaded, and they take the Hydra serum. That makes them have these powers. She's not a mutant, Basically. right? She's like Hydra or Hydra, whatever. Yeah. I, I mean, they kind of are mutants. Like the Hydra serum brought out their mutation because her brother Pietro is Peter, the speedy guy from like Xavier School for Children, right? Like, isn't Pietro her brother the same as Peter the X Man? Yes. No. Yeah. No. Peter the X Man. The guy that Evan Peters plays, who moves super fast. Yes. Is it a yes. coincidence the, the, that well, Pietro is super fast and has the same the, power and the same name? The, well, the, the, see, that's the see. This is the problem. <laughs> I'm going to fix this real quick. They're the same characters, but because Fox owned the the rights to the X Men and all the mutants, and yeah. M, the MCU didn't own those rights, they both. Both entities created the same characters, but they're allowed to be mutants in Fox's version because Fox owned the right to the X-Men and everything that everything mutant. Whereas the MCU couldn't make anybody that's supposed to be a mutant a mutant. They had to explain it a different way. Oh, because they had no rights to the so mutation X-Men. But it's stuff. the same characters. Yeah, it's, 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 but they're the exact same characters. And that's how Deadpool winds up in that horrible Wolverine movie where it's all about expressing mutations. And then he also winds up in a Deadpool movie where it's about having cancer and, like, taking a treatment or whatever. I didn't realize Deadpool was MCU. Which is funny because they're both – well, what they did to him in Wolverine was awful. That's why we had to have an actual Deadpool movie to fix it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was so, so bad. But anyway, anyway. yeah, the mist. The mysticism baloney is really hard for me. I guess in terms of my, my, like, I don't know why I can accept mutations and I can accept that Thor is a god and I can accept that, like, gamma radiation or spider bites or whatever, but I just can't accept magic for some reason. I, I don't know. It bothers me that, that that Doctor Strange, it's all magic that happened to him. And, and you know what? I, 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 like, he, it's like he I, came over from Harry Potter. Kind of magic. We're all superheroes. But, but you're okay with Harry Potter? Well, because in there, because it's, they have rules in their world, and there's magic, but there's no mutation. I just feel like, like adding magic to the whole superhero thing was sort of, I don't know, it bothers me. You because know what, Karen, uh, it, it sounds like, no, I get it. I get it, cause it 
<laughs> I get it because <laughs> we sound like so believable, Karen. <laughs> but but no, I get what she's saying because how many times no, have I we watched a TV show, a TV show about a, a sci-fi show, you know, with all this crazy stuff going on, <laughs> and then something more normal happens, and we're like, that's not really believable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, but Karen like, never you know, that kind of stuff. Anytime they have a vision yeah. or magic or something, she always doesn't like it. Hallucinate. I'm always like, yeah. Hallucinate. Yeah. So he's magic and he's a jerk. So, you know, there's yeah. two, like, that's why Dr. Strange is not among my favorite. Um, so I will say, I, I mean, I will say this episode had some of the best voice acting of the series so far. Um now, Benedict Cumberbatch oh, is a pretty huh? experienced voice actor. He's done a lot of voice acting, uh-huh. um, mo- mostly in shitty movies. Um, like, he was Smog <laughs> in the Hobbit movie. Well, he was in those Hobbit movies, which were bad, right? I don't yeah. know who makes that movie, but, well, out of the other ones, I guess it was. But Okay, the Hobbit should never have made three movies. The book is pretty slim. Yeah, that all uh, and, and the book is kind of boring. And he but played Smog and somebody else. And then he was the Grinch in that horrible Grinch I movie. The, I like the Grinch. I thought it was pretty good. Okay. The Grinch is an excellent 30-minute cartoon. It did not need to be a movie. No, it didn't um, need to be extended that long. But but anyway, and he's done a bunch of other stuff, too. And he's experienced as a voice actor. And it showed, right? I felt like he, like, like of all the people that have been in every Marvel movie ever, he's probably the only person who could really play two versions of himself animated, and they sound like two totally different characters, <laughs> right? Like, I yeah. think he did a really good job of making them to be two different people without, like, reducing it to kind of voice gimmicks or whatever. Yeah, like, didn't he didn't have a funny voice or whatever, right? So I, I thought he was pretty <laughs> good. Um. And I thought, like, I mean, so who else really talked? I mean, the other people don't really talk that much, but I thought the acting was was decent and better. And it, it, of course, it really helped that every single person they didn't have any substitute voices in this one. This is one yeah. of the first episodes where they didn't have to bring in anyone to cover for a, for a film actor. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah, it's the, well, there it's weren't the that only many one. characters in it, though. I mean. They didn't, you know, there wasn't that well, many. Well, they got so Adams. They gave them all, them all the money. Uh, they got, what's his name, who plays Wong, uh, Wong the four, like all four of the major characters. Um, yeah. yeah. Even, even, even uh, Christy Everhart, the uh, the news anchor, that was, uh, what's her face? Oh, yeah. Same actress, same actress from uh, Iron Man. Hey, I actually know who that is now. <laughs> yeah. I'm on Iron Man 3, by the way. Oh, you are. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, oh, the, the bad one. Yeah, they all they all showed up, which really helps. Um, yeah. So, well, it helps because they all worked together in the past, right? So I think yeah, that helped. yeah. Well, I don't know really how you do voice acting, but that seemed to help to me. In a booth, um, <laughs> they probably didn't even yeah. see each other. Yeah. So anyway, Jamie, yeah, you haven't really you haven't seen uh. You haven't seen Shang-Chi yet, right, Jamie? No, I have not. I'm hoping to see it as soon as I can. I don't know that I'm going to get to see it by next week, but I will see it as soon as I can. But, well, um, since it just came out, I think it's fine for yeah. us to table yeah. it for like, another week. Rewatching the Marvel it. movies. 
I've been sitting here watching Marvel movies. I did. I don't know what the heck I did. I did something on my back. I pulled it. So I can't <laughs> sit at the computer as much. So I've been sitting here. Well, that's why I've been part of the reason why I've been watching Marvel movies. I have TCA tomorrow. I can't. But um, so I'm I'm up to. I, I was saying to you guys, I I, I skipped um, Captain Marvel because I've seen it twice, and I skipped the Hulk because I just don't like the Hulk. And I don't think it's really relevant to the other ones. But other than that, I'm going in chronological. So I'm getting there. I'll, I'll finally understand more of it, hopefully. Well, it makes a difference that's great. Order, I would say. But I told you, I believe, that for Shang-Chi, you don't have to see any other... Marvel no, no, I'm not doing it for that reason. It's a, yeah. yeah, no, yeah, no you're doing it because... Yeah. But it's a, it's, a, it's a brand new origin story and stands on its own. Yeah, cool. But you know what? I, I did find it interesting when I found out that they were in Iron Man. The Ten Rings or whatever was in my Iron Man. I didn't know that. I mean, I've seen Iron Man, but I've seen it when it was first in the theater, and I didn't really care, if I'm honest. I wasn't really <laughs> Yeah, seeing, seeing Iron Man 3 will actually help because the, there are connections to yeah. Iron Man 3. There are, yes, there are connections, but if you hadn't seen them or haven't reviewed them recently, it would really it be okay. It wouldn't have killed you. Yeah. yeah, well, I'm not, I'm and, not done with Sweet. I just started it, so. Well, and, right. and also, for whoever hasn't seen Shang-Chi yet, there are two after credit scenes, so you got to stay till the bitter yes. end. Yeah, I always do that. All right. Okay, guys, you talk about... All right. Words All right, more. Jamie. I think I've... All right. Uh, all right. I'll talk to you guys later. Have a good week. All right. All right. Yep, have a good week. Talk to you talk next to week. You. Bye. All right, bye. Okay, bye-bye. Okay, so last week we didn't talk about the second episode was called was it Thirst? We talked about Cape Fear, the first episode, but we didn't yeah, talk about the it was, first. Two, it was a two-hour premiere, but we only talked about the first hour, and so we got yes. Thirst, and then this week, or it was called was it called Pale, and this week is Thirst, or last week was Thirst, pale. and this week is called there, one of them was, was pale, definitely Pale. I think this, I think last this, yeah week, yeah there you go. Episode two is Pale. Episode three is Thirst. So there you go. Um. Pale picks up, I think, right after he eats the pill, right? He, like, in, he eats the pills in episode one? Yeah, probably towards the end of it. Right? And so, and he well, gets anyway. kind of, like, really inspired right away and whatever. So, this week picks up after um, Daddy uh, is, like, dealing with, like, having eaten the pills and whatever happens after that. So, um, I rewatched it today. No, yesterday or something. Uh, I rewatched it before I watched the next episode, so I could like I, I had only watched part of it when I had talked to you last week. So anyway, so how did you feel about I don't know? You want to talk about hour by hour or the whole entire story? However, talk, what talk, it, talk, in, talk in general about the two okay. episodes. Because right. um, <clears throat> let me start by saying I want the pill. <laughs> Give me the pill. <laughs> Actually, I, I thought of both you and me because we both write, and I was like. Like, I mean, I don't write, you write creatively. Um, I write for a job, and I was like, oh, my God, how many proposals could I win and how much money could I make? Uh, and then I was like, oh, my yeah, God, Adrian like, writes all these creative stories. He could, you know. Give me the pill. Um, there's none of the crazy side effects. I know I have enough talent that I wouldn't become one of the pails, you yeah. know. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, and there's alternatives to killing people to get blood, you know, like, 
Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a TV horror show, so yeah, obviously they're going to kill people to get blood. You know, I like, you know, my, my, it's funny, but in the second episode, my one thing is like, but why does it, does it also change their teeth? And then we meet Billy Lord's character, who's a <laughs> dentist, who's yeah. like, yeah, I came up with this idea, you know, I make a moldier teeth so to put the caps and I, you know, make razors, you know, edge your teeth up so it makes it a little easier. I'm like, this is brilliant. I was like, there are none of the side effects. You can still go out in the day. You, you know, life is normal. You're just, you know, that's really creative. Human blood. Okay, that's a serious side effect that you create yeah, human blood. Yeah. That's one. That's one side effect that isn't the end of the world. No, I mean it's not super because, easy to get human blood, but yeah. I have Robert blood well, bank. Well, you could well, you could drink animals. So we, we have seen, <laughs> we have seen yeah. a lot of dead animals, and we know that the pails are drinking animals, and it seems. I mean, so so I mean, how'd you feel when the child takes the pill? I mean, we saw that coming. Oh, uh, right? I totally. Totally saw it coming, but as soon as she took it, I was like, oh, this does not end well. I know this isn't going to end well. <laughs> I was like, God now, damn it. <laughs> yeah, and so and that's a big, you know, so they're vampires, but they're not vampires. But yeah. this show is trading in vampire tropes, right? Yes. From every step I, of the way, the like the I, pails. Go ahead. I would say the thing I love about it is they're not shortchanging us with this. They're not just like, okay, this is how it is type of thing. Like they realize they're telling a vampire story without them being vampires. So they're explaining everything. Like, you know, I just mentioned the teeth yeah. and you know, um, I had, and I just lost my train. I thought there was another vampire they trope that the they explained away. Daylight. Well, they haven't explained the daylight, but they did explain away that, like, the teeth are sort of explained away. And it's implied that if you stop taking the pills, you lose the bloodlust. I don't know if that's true or yes. if that's a lie. Because Bell and, um, and the Evan Peters character, I forget his name, um, they're like, oh, we come out here in the winter and we take the pills. And then we stop taking them and have normal life in the summer. Um, yeah. Which is an interesting concept that you could drop in and out of vampirism, or it, you know, in, in that vampirism is always a almost always nowadays a metaphor for addiction that you could drop in and out of addiction so easily. Right. I'm not sure if that's true. Like, could they be lying to try to? I don't think they are. It? I don't think. I don't think. I don't think they are, and I'll tell you why. There is an innuendo. In the second episode, after um, we meet his uh, his after his agent comes to town, I oh, know maybe she's on the phone with him. Who I love, she's one of my I, favorite I characters. Forget, I forget I forget if she's on the phone with him or after she comes to town. But there's an innuendo that Quentin Tarantino has taken the black pill because she says to him, <laughs> yeah. she says Quentin wants you to write this thing for him. And he's like, wait, me, Quentin writes all his own stuff. And he says, I recently, he wanted me to tell you that he recently got married and he can't write the way he used to. He said you'd understand. And yeah. he's like, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, yeah. so you can stop taking the pill and lose bloodlust. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, so I totally believe that's the case because also Evan Peters makes a comment earlier, which there are so many fucking dick jokes in these two episodes. I was cracking up. 
Evan Peters makes a joke about if stopping to take the pill, you won't be able to write at all. Like you, you're going to lose your your creative ability if you don't take the pill. He's like, it's trying to fuck with a, a dick full of Novocaine. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh my god, this um, show is amazing. Like, but um, mm. and and since I'm on the subject, how do you, how, how many times did you laugh every time you heard somebody say? The Dick Doc. Oh my God, the Dick Doc, uh, which was hilarious. And but I also I gotta tell you, if I was employed by the Provincetown Tourism Board, I'd be very very unhappy with this show, because I think I said when we talked last week, I was like, oh, this town is full of vampires and it's so bleak and it's so gray and no one's around and it really like. It's not a good picture of Provincetown. But the more you watch it, it's a town completely of meth addicts and vampires and, like, hustlers, like, under the, mm-hmm. right, like, sex, sex workers. Under, like, everything about this town is horrible. Um, but I do love the Dick Doc, although, I mean, everyone probably, I mean, it might be pretty vacated now that two people have been killed under the Dick Doc in, like, two days. Yeah. Um, the Dick Doc is an unsafe place. Um, and I, it was, I love. And it was even funnier. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, what's her name? Um, I'm blanking on people's names tonight. The sheriff. Adina <laughs> Porter. I don't know the sheriff's name, but Adina Porter. Yeah, it was even funnier when Adina Porter said "Dick Doc." <laughs> like I was just like, "Oh <laughs> <Yeah>. God!" <laughs> <laughs> it's like whatever. Even the chief of police calls it that, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. just it was. Like the some of some of the stuff they've said in the, the like it's just it's it's just it's so funny. Like this whole season, like Evan Peters is just chewing up the scenery. I mean, oh yeah, he, and, then they, and then they and then they sang it, and then they sang oh. again, and that was great. Yes. And then they yeah. threatened her, and she was like, she's like, she's like, I know who they are. <laughs> she's like, but I don't care. Yes, <laughs> Leslie Grossman's character. They're- Ursula, Ursula. Oh, yeah. Her character is Ursula. Yeah, Ursula. I got to get Ursula. I mean, of course she knows who they are. They're they're apparently like hugely famous, right? Like, yeah. Hugely famous people. Um, I mean, I, I do think that Evan Pierce and Francis Conroy are having a great time uh, playing these roles. I mean, they're fantastic roles, right? Especially, and I forget Evan Peters' character's name. I can remember Bill, but not. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so, so one thing that interests me, though, is like, so they've got this like incredible resource that makes them like, you know, unleashes their creativity uh, to the to like a magical degree that they they write masterworks. They're really, you know, they talk. They're really more interested. Evan Peters is definitely, I think, more interested in the fame and the money. Like Bell sometimes says things like. You're like, remember when they first take, I can't remember, I can't remember daddy's name either, but when they first take daddy Henry. to Henry, when they first take Henry to go kill someone to feed, right? And they're like, oh, we cruise Craigslist and we like, whatever. And then they kill them. And then, you know, coming home, like Henry, how do you feel? And he's like, I feel great. Except for the part where I just killed some innocent people or whatever. And Bell <laughs> says something like, Look, you are going to put incredible words that'll be remembered forever. Like history will remember the the, the art that you're going to create, and you allowed that meth head to become part of it, which is far more than he ever would have done for the world. 
So, you know, on the one hand, on the one hand, I sometimes feel like she's a little more of an artist and, and he's a little more into the money. But on the other hand, I mean, one of the side effects of this pill is that you don't just become a, a like, unleash your creativity and become a, a fantastic artist. You also become, like, an arrogant jerk. Like, they're very yeah. superior to everyone around them, right? Like, yeah. they're, 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 I mean, their arrogance is, is far beyond that of Dr. Strange in some ways. <laughs> um, uh, but it's also interesting, like, so, so I mentioned the way that vampirism is often a metaphor for drug addiction. Uh, and the way they're kind of addicted, like that scene where Belle is asking Macaulay Culkin if she can pay him extra to suck his blood, and he's like, no, and she becomes very violent the moment she's, like, when he says no, she's yeah. like, she's like, you know, how about I just kill you or whatever. Like, she becomes extremely violent when she might not get blood. Um, and she's the only person we've seen so far who actually eats babies. But, um, and they're they're so dismissive of, like, like there, there's been multiple references to the meth pandemic, pandemic epidemic, the meth problem. It's not an epidemic; it's not contagious, but the meth, the meth problem on the yeah. tape. And and you know, and Peter says, "Oh, since meth came around, it's so much easier." Wait, there's all these people that nobody cares about, and we just kill these people, and the cops just think like drug dealers killed them, and nobody cares. And like they're addicts, but they're so dismissive of addicts, right? And I felt like yeah. when I was watching it, I felt a lot like remember when Whitney Houston was like Coke is for rich people, crack is for poor people. Like I feel like that's how they act, right? Blood is for yeah famous people, meth is for losers. How do you like Macaulay Culkin in this show? You know, it kind of throws me a little. Um, it, the first episode, I, I'm like, I forgot it was him. But now that he's been a little more prominent in the second two up, the second and third episode, um, I think he's, he's you know I, I, I've only ever seen him in Home Alone, so, so yeah. I mean it's weird. <laughs> he just kind of looks like a blown yeah, up version of Kevin McAllister, <laughs> who's a mess. He made a lot. He made he made a bunch of movies. Yeah, he made those movies. He made like My Girl, right? He made a bunch of movies as a child but he really hasn't worked as an adult that in any prominent way for a long time that I'm aware of. Yeah. And he's made some stuff, right? In fact, Kieran Culkin made more recent movies and then he appears in this. I think he's pretty good. He does look, he does still have that very, I mean, he looks, he's filled out, but he has that very young look. I think he's got a good look to play a, like a meth head sex hustler. He does look like, like, like a meth head. He... <laughs> he does. He does look like a meth head. Yeah. And, and like, and he's definitely game. Like, I, I think his acting is fine, and I think he's, like, game for the role. Oh, yeah. um, um, and they do seem to be on a little bit of a roll of casting, like, um, I mean, American Horror Stories cast both Kaya Gerber and Paris Hilton, and now McCulloch Kilkin is, yeah. is much older, but is, like, another, like, young superstar or whatever. I think it's pretty good. I, I... Bill and Evan Peters represent like so it's interesting to me they even share the pills. Like why do they give Henry the pills? Whereas they won't give them to someone like uh 
Macaulay Culkin. I mean, it's obviously because of their classism, and right? Like, I think, like, yeah, it's it's definitely classism. Um, because Henry is is a TV writer. They, you know, they they are, you know, they know he's not great, but they they know who he is. Um, you know, and yeah. he's got a family, and you know, he, you know, um, whereas Macaulay Culkin, he's a meth head, so he's not worthy. You know, you've already got right. your addiction. You can't have ours. <laughs> you know, right? like they look but at him. That... You're a meth head. You know, it, I mean, I mean, obviously he's got some talent, but they kind of, I think they looked at him as you're a meth head. If we give you the pill, you're going to be a pale, which he turns out not to be. But they still have, you know, it's just, it's all, it's totally classism. Well, but there's at least six or seven pales running around town. So yeah. they have given the pill to other people. Or people have stolen the pills, or somehow other people well, have think, yeah. have taken these pills, right? So I, there's I think, pills around. I think it's more a case um, of I think it's more a case of theft. But you know, like um, like Bell says at one point that you know they're they're pass you know they got you a candle on things. They're passing the pills around like Tic Tacs. Well, she's right. I, so so and there was no we're not aware of any consultation. Like for some reason. The Evan Peters character decides that he's going to be like, "Hey Henry, you want to have these pills or whatever." So it, it's a it's a little bit I don't know. It's interesting to me, like you know, if I think of it in terms of a vampire story and the decision to create another vampire, right? And then you know, the child takes them, the daughter, who we kind of knew was coming, um, because she's this huge perfectionist, you know, whatever. Um, and yeah. then immediately. Evan Peters and Bell. God, I don't remember. I can't remember Evan Peters' name. But immediately they're like, "Oh, having a kid." Are you, they're like, "Are you out of your mind? You gave it to the kid? Are you insane?" And he's like, "Oh, she stole it. She took it. I didn't mean it." And they're like, "Okay, get a grip on her." And then as soon as he leaves, they're like, "Okay, wait, I killed that kid. Like, we can't have a kid." Right? Yeah. Uh, Evan, kid. Evan Peters um, is awesome. Is awesome. He is. Uh, no, Austin. 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 Austin, yeah. Like, like Austin, I don't know, he, like, yeah, the idea that he went and created Henry, and then Henry goes and creates, accidentally, his daughter, Alma, gets created, yeah. right? Um, uh, so, I mean, that, kid, that kid's going to have to be killed. I mean, the kid is a menace. Like, you saw her eyeing up the blood in the hospital, like, I, like yeah. looking at the blood and wanting uh, to, and the father's and then, like, and how... And then she kills poor uh, Adina Porter. Porter. Yeah, that so apparently. I, you know, I totally saw that coming too. I was like, "Oh, this is not going to end well for Adina Porter." I'm like, "She's done." Yeah, and I'm sorry to see her die so quickly because she's such a um, uh, an amazing actress. But I was pleased to see who the chemist is. That the chemist is. Um, so I forget her name in 1984. She's Candy from Pose. Uh, the woman who plays the chemist. She was in 1984, and she was in. I mean, she's yeah, she the was, Ryan Murphy person, right? She was the uh, um, the the director or camp one of the camp camp. I forget what exactly. Yeah. She was at the camp. She was a camp counselor, but she turned out to really be a camp. journal a nurse uh, who and a journalist oh, yeah. who was like right, a yeah. nurse, I think, or something. Who'd been like, right, a yeah, psychologist who was studying, but in Pose she plays Candy, and so I always want to call her Candy. Um, but so I was 
sorry to see Adina Porter go, but it was great in the same episode to see her appear as the chemist. Um, and uh, it, it was interesting because one episode earlier, Austin seemed to really be like, okay, we only have to do some one chemist, and nobody knows who the chemist is, and the chemist won't, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then it turns out that they totally know the chemist, and the chemist is a little, like, comes to them. And it's like, listen, you guys, you've got to deal with this person. I can't, I'm, nobody can come knock on my door. Um, yeah. I feel like in the end of this, when this couple more episodes, I feel like Ursula is going to be the ultimate winner of this whole thing. Yeah, she's definitely, uh, yeah, she's aggressive. <laughs> yeah, and she's not at all taken aback or weirded out, but, like, she figures it all out no. herself, right? Yeah, she's she's totally on top of things completely. Well, like she says yeah. to um, Macaulay Culkin's character, she's like, listen, she's like, I know who they are, and they're in this town, and this person's been to this town, and Henry, who was good but not great, is all of a sudden writing Oscar-nominated type stuff, yeah. you know, and, and you wrote mm-hmm. this stuff? Like, come on. Like, yeah, she's not she's not a dummy. Um, yeah. She figured it out really quick. And, and you know, it, it just it goes to show, you know, the Hollywood types aren't weirded out by anything. So um, there's that. <laughs> Two yeah, things. Which is, which is um, yeah. One, we had a little cameo from Dennis O'Hare in the episode. Yeah. Haven't seen yeah, him. Yeah, we did. Since, I don't even know the last time we saw Dennis O'Hare. Was he in Armageddon? I feel like he had a cameo in Armageddon. He might have been in Armageddon, yeah. I feel like we definitely saw him in Armageddon. But yeah, he, yeah. that was that was a fun little role. Um, yeah. And the other thing that I got a big kick out of was it came back from a commercial at one point and it started playing Change by the Deftones, which I got a huge mm-hmm. kick out of. And I don't know if this was intentional or not, but it was one of more prominent songs in Queen of the Damned. Oh, was it? I haven't seen that yes. in a long time. Wow. Wow. Queen of the Damned, well, see, I, I, I picked up on it right away because Queen of the Damned is one of my favorite uh, movie soundtracks. I, I absolutely oh, love yeah? that whole soundtrack. Oh, I'm so, to look into that. Huh. Let's check into that. But I saw, um, uh, but I, as soon as I heard that, I was like, oh, my God, that, I was like, it's got to be intentional. Now, here's a, a vampire-type show, and it, you know, that song is, very much associated with Queen of the Damned. I was like, it's got to be intentional. <laughs> like, yeah. It can't yeah. not be. Right. It has to be, yeah. Well, everything's intentional on this show. There's nothing in a Ryan Murphy show that's not yeah. intentional. Um, do you very think, true. so I like the part where Henry is like, okay, I'm going to go kill some people on my own, right? And he, and he does the whole Craigslist thing to try to find oh, no. kill. And the tables yeah. are turned. Um. Again, if I worked for the Provincetown Tourism Board, now there are people making snuff films, and you know, <laughs> and and they're you know they're not just making it; they're like we're going to violently sodomize you and then kill you. Um, and, and so Henry, you know, he gets away only because of his teeth. His new teeth help him to like break the rope, and then also yes. I feel like I feel like when you take the pill, so you 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 become like super creative. But you have bloodlust, but you also, like, I think you're like a killer. Like, he really, like, deftly escaped from them, right? Like, he rips, like, the girl's throat out, and then he, like, shoots the other guy. 
Also, we saw yeah. the child. Alma knew exactly how to stab Adina Porter in the throat with a pen or whatever. But anyway, he turns yeah. the tables and he kills them. And so I'm thinking, so I know, like, the reason he was able to escape was because they were bickering. Like, the assailants were like, did you turn the camera on? You didn't turn the camera on? Are you a jackass? What's wrong? And they were, like, bickering a little bit about the camera, right? I wonder... Did he kill them on camera? Like, was that record? Like, are we going to see that come around to haunt him? Yeah, like, you know, he, I thought the same thing. Streamed? Yes, I yeah. thought the very same thing. I wondered that myself because I didn't know if it was just a if they film it and then play it or if it's a live stream. I thought the same exact thing that I think he might um, have just outed the community. Yeah, in which case it will bring down like more law enforcement the investigations on them and yeah. also Bill and Austin are going to be like, all right, you got to go, right? You got to be killed. Um, yeah. Now here's something other, else about that scene. Yeah. Which was I, unnecessarily like, horrible. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, just them, just her, her describing what was going to happen and then seeing, you know, and then her, them pushing him down over that table it reminded me of Pulp Fiction, the Bruce Willis part of the story when those cops um, I have not are seen raping Pulp the guys. Fiction. You've never seen Pulp Fiction? Then never mind. <laughs> I, no, I but there's a scene where cops bend guys over a table and rape them, apparently. Yeah, it was, yeah they're ta- they take these criminals and the, the one, yeah, they rape the, these two guys. Well, the they plan is to rape the two guys. Bruce Willis turns the tables on them and takes them out. Uh, but they're video and they're videotaping it to watch, you know, oh. to watch later. So well, it's interesting I, I, that. Go ahead. You might be going where I was going to go next. It's you know the Quentin Tarantino comment, and then yes. this, you know, this scene reminds me of a Quentin Tarantino movie. That's what I was going to say. It's interesting that like that it, that you say that in a in a in an episode that references Quentin Tarantino. So it, it's maybe intentional, right? Yeah. A little homage. Or that Ryan to Murphy Tarantino, maybe. Yeah, I, I, I think it was. I really think it was. It definitely it definitely felt like an homage to him. Huh. Um, in a well, peculiar way. I, I, think, <laughs> I think he may have accidentally live streamed it. Right, like he may have accidentally lost. Yeah, I think he definitely did. And, def- and I, th- I uh, definitely think it's going to come back to bite him. <laughs> no pun yeah. intended. Bite him, haha. And I think it's a little bit of Bell and Austin's fault for like creating this new vampire, whatever he is, right? This new addict, and yeah. not really teaching it. Like they just taught him like it's okay to like go on Craigslist. Like, like, I mean, okay, particularly as a woman, a single woman, I would never go on Craigslist and find someone that I want to buy a locked iPad from and then show up at their house by myself, right? Nobody would, right? Like, or, or anybody that you meet online like that. So it's very, I mean, I guess it shows his defer, desperation to get blood for his daughter. Um, and actually, let me sidetrack. This confuses me because when Austin first gave, when Austin and Bell took Henry on their first murder, he asked how often they do it, and they said once a week. And we can, like, split – I think they said they can split a body once a week. And then Belle's like, I want right. a snack in between, and, and I have some – she talks about, like, getting a sip from Macaulay Culkin or whatever. Uh, watching this show, it appears that Henry and Alma are, like, starving every day. Like, we saw 
Alma drink, you know, when she drank that bowl of, of soup, that the bowl of blood, that, um, and then I think it's the same day where she's like, Daddy, I'm hungry again. Like, those two are hungry all the time, so I don't know if, like, there's more time I going by on the show that I'm not noticing, or it's because they're it, young I think it's, vampires. I think it's a combination. I think it's a combination of them being young, uh, you know, new to the addiction, and I think more time's going by than we realize, maybe. Um, speaking of the bowl of blood, that scene, you know, all right, here we go. Talking about, you don't, you, you're not crazy about all the, what'd you call, what'd you call Dr. Strange? Mystical the hoo-ha? whammy, what? Mystical hoo-ha. Mystical okay. hoo-ha, yeah. Perfect example of something I'm going to nitpick <laughs> that's kind of silly. <laughs> yeah. But we're watching a show that's in the vampire lore, okay? I had such a problem. He's got a thermos of blood. And he pours it into a bowl for her to eat with a, for her, like, to eat, like, soup. Why don't you just get rid of the fucking thermos? <laughs> like, why can't you drink out of the thermos? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I was like, what yeah. is he doing? I'm like, this makes no sense. And I had a problem. I'm like, it bothers me. <laughs> yeah. It's Mystical and Hoo-Ha. I don't know. Mystical Hoo-Ha. Um, and I don't know what they intend to do when mommy comes back, right? Like, mommy's in the hospital on bed rest. Uh, like, a couple things going on here. Setting aside the fact that Belle likes these babies and often asks, you know, uh, Sarah Paul, Karen, to kidnap babies for her, uh, which is maybe the most horrifying thing about this entire show. Um, but, you know, she she's... I mean, she's not going to accept this. And it's implied that she – definitely implied that she doesn't have talent, right? Like, you know, I, I, I kind of love the, the – the, I mean, it's not subtle, like kind of mocking of Instagram culture and how, you know, she's like, oh, you know, my job is important too. I won that Instagram contest. There were almost 100 accounts competing for that contest. I know. Right? It's kind of <laughs> Um, I heard that, and I was like, oh, my God, you don't have any talent, do you? <laughs> Karen's right? got more talent than her. Because we saw Karen, those those couple of paintings from Karen, Karen did, which yeah. were actually, you know, really good. And, yeah, yeah. you know, it's, it's it's really funny. Like, I could totally see um, by the end of this, her um, uh, the wife becoming a pale. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the wife is like, you know, and she's all like, you know, actually was like, my job's important too. Like, we're a two-income family, and Henry's like, oh yeah, whatever, sure we are, right? Like, yeah, I mean, or 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 I could see Alma cracking mom open and being like, here, <laughs> you're useful now. I'm gonna drink you. Alma's <laughs> the biggest jerk of all. Like, some talk about like they don't just become talented, but they become like superior, arrogant assholes. Alma's kind of the worst, yeah. right? Uh, yeah. Although oh, yeah. Uh, I, also, but. I mean, she's, and well, that's the thing. I mean, she's a child to begin with. She's, what did they say she was, nine? Yeah, I think she's nine. So, I mean, she's a, yeah, she's mother, already a brat. Yeah. She's going to be, you know, she's a brat, I mean, and now she's a, she, she's a brat. She's a prodigy, so it's going to make her even brattier, yeah. and now she's addicted to blood. <laughs> oh. Yeah. 
Talk about yeah, a superiority yeah. complex. I mean, I think she might kill the mother, really. That's what I'm saying. I, I, mean, I could totally see that. Do you also find it hilarious that the owners of the house hired someone based on Instagram to decorate your whole house? And I wonder if those people will show up. Like, do they know that their whole town is full of, like, vampires? Oh, they got it. Word, right? Like, they hired you. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, it's still unexplained, and what is still really talked about a lot on the Internet right now is the, um, the red lights in front of people's houses, which... I mean, notice that probably in the opening episode, and and you know when they walk on the street, there are houses that have a red light bulb out front, and and what does that mean? And there's speculation that those are houses that have Bell's house had a red light, so there's speculation that this is like how they signal for a food delivery, so to speak, right? That they they're like right. vampire, I'm hungry, or <laughs> red um, light special. Yeah, Red Lake District, right? Um, I don't know how I got there from talking about the mother, but I don't know. On the other hand, I feel like for Lily Rabe to be killed, like, is there a possibility for her to be, like, a, for lack of a better word, a hero or a survivor of this story, right? Like, are they going to kill Lily Rabe and her baby? Well, already we've seen... We never saw the baby, but we've pretty much seen a baby be deliver be food delivery in this episode, right? Yeah. And not this episode, in the last episode, like like Lily Ray being pregnant with a very much wanted baby. Like, where is that going to go? Like, will she get killed? Too? Yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, I could see it both ways. I could see her taking the pill and turning out to be a pale and not be talented. I can kind of see the great joke of her turning out to be the most talented person would be hilarious. Um, Or her killing them all in the end. I don't know. That could go a bunch of different ways. Yeah, I don't know. Definitely going to have to, yeah. And actually, you know what's funny is, you know, she won this, (laughs) this Instagram contest. And then we, you know, we just have this cameo of Dennis, o, Dennis O'Hare's character, who is a decorator. Yeah. So why didn't yeah, they hire? Hilarious. Why didn't they hire him? <laughs> right. You've got a really famous decorator in your town, and you hire this Instagram lady. Uh, yeah. Unless, unless so already pretty nice. Yeah. As, as we're as we're talking about this, unless let's think about this for a second, okay. Out of hundreds of people, she won this Instagram contest to come to this town where celebrities come to take a little black pill to be really good, even, you know, to, for great people to be amazing, okay? Yeah. So, I would not be surprised if these, these homeowners, they come back and they turn out to be obviously – pill takers themselves yeah, and that this was a setup like it was intentional to bring them there for this purpose to bring Henry there like kind of like or to bring kind of like they're kind of like yeah kind of like they're kind of like recruiters in some way shape or form and their plan was always to bring yeah, maybe. Because I mean, their house is actually pretty decently nice already, right? Like, do you really need to hire yeah. well, a new I mean, buddy to do this? 
I mean, Bell and Austin zeroed in on Henry immediately. You know. Yes, they did. So yeah. I, I, could, I, I mean, I could be completely just overthinking everything, but I just, I feel like there's gonna be some, there's gotta be something more there. Oh, and something I want to say before when you were talking about taking Henry out and not really training him, that's that's a classic vampire trope right there is, you know, you know, some old vampire makes a new vampire and then either dies or just abandons them and then they're like flailing going, okay, <laughs> guess I got to figure this out on yeah. my own. <laughs> yeah, that is a thing. Like that, like irresponsible in making a young vampire and not training them correctly and not, yeah. I mean, like, you that know, perfect, perfect example. Um, like uh, Dan Rice novels, Lestat is is made a vampire, and then his his maker commits suicide that night. You know. Yeah. So Lestat's yep. like, uh, fuck. And then without any kind of guidance, yeah. And then you know later to make a child vampire, and like the other vampires will condemn that, like. Um, yeah. Or even like so this horrible horrible show, Discovery Witches. Um, that Jimmy really likes and I kind of really hate. Um, has a lot of vampires in it, and I feel like part of that show is like, like you shouldn't be creating new vampires without having it sanctioned by like, I don't know, the governing body or your maker of your, you know, whoever made you or whatever. But this idea of like, like you can't go around making other vampires willy nilly. It's one thing to. So it's interesting on this show that you can bite someone and make a new vampire. Like you, you give them the pill. Yeah. Um, right. Is the way that you make a new vampire, but about the pill uh, is a little bit of a uh, I don't know. It's interesting. I don't know. I don't know. The pill, like I oh, feel like people are often are not guarding it carefully enough. Also, go ahead. That's what I was going to say earlier. Um, the bloodlust is explained. It's not just like, oh, you have to drink blood now because you're like really, yeah. Austin actually explains to Henry that the pill, while making you, you know, super good at whatever your talent is, it also depletes the body of all the nutrients it needs, which is why you need to replenish yourself oh, by blood, blood, somebody yeah. else's blood, that because it has, the, blood it has the nutrients feels, that... Yeah. Yeah, blood has the nutrients yeah. that that you're being deprived of. That's what I was going to say. Right. So that's that's I really appreciate that. Like they really thought this out to, and I appreciate the fact that they're explaining all these different things. They're not just saying this is the way it is. They're explaining why, <laughs> which right. a lot of shows don't. Yeah. Do. Yeah, and they're they're explaining. Yeah, that does. Uh, you're right. I didn't really think about that, and that did make a lot of sense that they're giving us a little more information there. Um, uh, yeah, so we'll see. I mean, I do feel like a little bit like they're careless. Like I talked about um, Austin and Bill maybe making vampires a little too easily and a little too quickly. But I also feel like um, why is Austin not keeping that shit locked up in his desk? Like how easy was it for Macaulay Culkin to break into the house and just like steal a bunch of pills, right? Like they're, oh, they're it laying a, around. It was, a, it was at a false bottom. All right, whatever. Macaulay Culkin found them in five minutes, right? <laughs> my po- I mean, my yeah, point is that he did find it pretty quick. Tell them, it's like he knew exactly where they were, which is funny because we've seen him as like 
He's a Bell is his customer. Austin is not his customer, but he, I mean, I guess whatever. I'm not right. going to criticize this level of writing that I should have seen that a little more. I mean, I guess he's been in the house or whatever, but he, they're not, they're not really safeguarding these pills, which um, theoretically are very hard to get from only one source on the entire planet. And um, they don't charge anyone for them. Right? Like, there's no... They that we've, gave them that, we've seen. For, that we've seen. Yeah. Well, because the... Right. I feel like... I feel like they are, like, not so much charging as investing into the production of. Because I guess, you know, yeah. I get the feeling like... That, you know, what we've seen, Bell and Austin are definitely the financial backing for the chemist. Yeah. Um, I got to believe, you know, I and, and just because we haven't seen it doesn't mean that at some point, I mean, I mean, right now they're like, oh, we're, we're going to kill Henry. Um, so I can't, I, I don't see why, um, they, you know, I mean, down the road, if, the, if things hadn't been falling apart the way they are, I can totally see them being okay. Listen, here's the deal. Now that you're famous and have all these millions of dollars, you know, to keep making the pills, we need investors. Like, you know, there would have been a conversation for a later date. Kind of like give them the yeah. taste and then hit, hit them up. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you know what it okay, is? Everything, everything's so, falling apart at, at the same time. You know, it's like, it's one of those, like, it's the yeah. perfect storm. It's like, not only are they having this problem with Henry, but now Macaulay Calkins' character is stealing them and handing them out like, you know, jelly beans. <laughs> yeah. They, like, had a good deal going until they started giving it out too much. And I think, you know, I mean, there remains the question of will Macaulay Culkin convince Karen to take it? Karen is clearly a method and infected with maybe some diseases. Um, and yet she's like, no, I'm not taking it. Like, any, she's like, anything I do is better than that, which I don't know about that. Like, she kidnapped a baby and gave it to Bill to kill, yeah. right? So, um, which seems to me to be a very risky thing. It's one thing to be like, oh, drink all the methods you want. Nobody cares if they die. But you kidnapped a baby from somewhere. Wouldn't cost be all over yeah. that shit, right? You know, what was funny um, was when uh, her, her Macaulay Cocker and we're talking and he's like, I'm not contagious unless we, like, bone or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, so I feel like she – so Sarah Paulson and Lily Rabe are the two, like, characters of the wild cards right now. Like, yeah. um, Sarah Paulson consistently expresses that she's not going to become a vampire and, like, she's not going to do that. And yet in this episode she was very much like, I'd like to be a famous painter – um, and she clearly has talent. Uh, you know what and I then can there's see? The mother. Hmm? Yeah. I and can then see. The mother um, who has no talent, but maybe has the greatest yeah. reason to like fight, right? Um, pregnant with a Karen, child. I'm probably not going to happen this way, but I could see the last episode. I could see like after every, you know, everybody's been killed or hauled off to jail or whatever, because that's the thing, like, you don't even have to kill them because they're not deadly if you know they're coming. 
You know what I mean? Like, these are still yeah. normal people that can be still killed in a normal way. Still, don't put handcuffs on them and take them off to jail. Yeah, um, they have no superpowers, so, really. Yeah. Except for files. So, I, you know, after after this whole, you know, after everything's been shut down and everything, I could totally see, like, within the last couple minutes of an episode, um, see Karen come out of, like, nowhere and see her, like, you know, she's, like, cleaned herself, cleaned herself up and everything and doesn't, you know... Like, you know, finally taking a shower and has, like, nice clothes on. You see her, like, pop a, bl- a pill in her mouth as, and, like, she walks away. <laughs> yeah. And likewise, I could see um, Lily Rabe, the mom, who seems to be a no-talent kind of a, like, it does seem to be like a joke that she has no talent and that she, you know, she's like this Instagram person or whatever. Like, I could see it maybe turning out that, she takes it and turns out to actually be, have like a great design sense and really become mm-hmm. somebody in the end, right? Gets the last while, like has to kill her husband, has to kill her child, maybe. And then somehow, I mean, I, I just feel like, I don't know. I, I could be wrong because I also felt like I might've expected to a Porter to have a larger role to play. And I don't know why, because there are many people in the, in the Ryan Murphy universe who, one year you're a major character on the show, the next year you're a cameo on the show, right? And it has to do yeah. with him writing for an ensemble, and it has to do with just um, their other filming schedules of their other shows and whatever, right? So I you don't know, know why I great, should be – The great thing yeah. about him having this stable, this, sta- this large stable of actors that he has is you can do that, and it makes it kind of great, you know? You can have an Adina Porter who's in two and a half episodes and gets killed because you still have Evan Peters and this one and that. You know, you still have all these other actors. So it's like, it's like there are no small actors in any of the small parts at this right. point. You know, like this is season, this is season yeah. 10 where I don't, I mean, other than Alma, is there really one person on the show that it has, as a new? name, yeah. that, like, well, like an, an, yeah. an actor, Macaulay Culkin is new to this, but we know who he is. You know, like, is there any right. any character in this show that we've seen that we don't we can't name the actor because we've they're either a Ryan Murphy actor or somebody like Macaulay Culkin who we know who he is. I think at most, I think two of the, uh, the like the supporting the, the cops that are kind of in the background might be the only people I couldn't put a name to. Right. You know, it's gotten so to that no, level. It's got. There's no plot armor, right? There's no like, oh, it's Walking Dead. Exactly. Norman yes. Reedus will never yes. die. Norman Reedus is never going to yes. die. Or there's no like, oh, you cast Jessica Lange as a character. Obviously, she's going to live. Actually, no, because it's the Ryan Murphy show, and she might have a cameo. Yeah. Well, she's out of it, but you know yeah. what I mean, right? Yeah. yeah. No plot armor is the exact perfect way to put it. Yeah. So, no all right. I know we're having fun with this, but we're, we're pushing twelve thirty now. Go. Yep. All right. Well, any any time we have five shows, I always put two and a half hours because I know how it goes. I know. Especially when you guys talk about Walking Dead too much. Oh my <laughs> we, because we hate it. Because we hate it so much. We need to restrain ourselves. I know. Because it's just a giant complaint. Thirty minutes of complaining. Next week, I'll try yeah. to keep us to twenty minutes of complaining. Okay. All right. That's my plan. That twenty good. minutes. All right. Same slate of shows next week, except maybe Shang-Chi, maybe not. We'll see. 
Yeah, we'll see if Jamie right. gets to it or not. If not, okay. We'll we have so many shows, yeah. we, might, we might have to hold it off anyway. Yeah, we so. might. All right. So, all well, right. Thank you, everybody, good for week. listening. Good time, as always. You, too. Yep. And we'll do it again next right. week. Good night, everybody. Talk to you soon. Good night. Bye. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 